I talked to Mike last night. Damn it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cool. Ten minutes. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Oh. Okay. <laughs> hey. How was, uh, was he telling you what was going on? Yeah, he, he put me up to speed. Yeah. I, I mean, I know, I know everybody's lost hope, but uh, we're, we're in yeah, the Yeah, it's mid- almost done. We're, we're in the middle of the, since this is the intro for the Glassjaw episode, which um, wasn't even supposed to happen, but just no. did. Uh, we, we, we were here uh, at the bar doing um, Glassjaw's uh, video for Shira, and uh, Daryl was sitting around doing nothing, and I was like, dude, you want to come sit and talk and help me do the intro for Dan Loker? And he was like, sure, I love Dan Loker. And an hour and a half later... We had an audience watching us <laughs> while Daryl basically... The Glassdoor video shoot watched us. Yeah, basically just sat here and, and asked me questions. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, this is an awesome episode, and I was uh, honored to get to, to sit with those guys because they are interesting subjects. I, there are questions I wish I had asked them. Um, like, I, I wanted to ask him about his apology for his misogynist lyrics, which, I actually meant to get into that, but the vibe was so fun. It was, it was fun, just like yeah. Old it was friends like, hanging out. That totally. It didn't, yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like I got to. The only thing I think I asked him about, like that wasn't fun, was like, was like how big is the Deftones influence on you? And like, <laughs> because he never mentions it, and you're just like, dude, it's obvious. Like, what you know? Yeah. It's fine. It's cool. It's not. There's nothing to be ashamed about, is there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't like I disagree. I. I I, I mean, I don't. Dislike I don't like them. the early stuff, but the their later stuff since I mean, Serge's been in the band. I, I fucking dig. Switzerland. They're not my fight, but they're not my thing. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it's, uh, it was a really really good interview, and um, and it's a, probably if you're not from Long Island, it's probably a lot of people that are mentioned that are going to be like, who the fuck is that? But it's still kind of done. It's in a the funny most Long Island centric interview ever. It's absolutely the most Long Island interview not we've like ever done. Long Island hardcore. Yeah, particularly like, yeah, nineties. Yeah, from like nineteen ninety to. If you went around from ninety to two thousand and you don't know that scene, you're not. This might as well be in French, <laughs> because it was not to turn you off. You should listen to it. No, it's. I'm sure it's cool. Should totally I have no listen idea what to we it. Said, It'll it probably like, be our most listened to episode because Glass Joe's. Yeah, because they're big. Because they're big. Yeah. yeah. And they never do interviews, so people always want to, you know, hear what they have to say, and then write nasty comments about it in the comment section. The, yeah, uh, that'll be cool. Um, <laughs> nasty comments are fun. Nasty comments. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not done editing it yet. There's still some stuff that needs to be done. But what we were talking about when we first came on on uh, on Mike was the Long Island Hardcore documentary, which is um, five years in the making, I guess. I mean, they, they really they shot it for about two years, and then they did a Kickstarter, and then they uh, didn't raise enough money to do the full editing. And I happened to be in Detroit. I guess it was. It's got to be two years ago now, and I. Mutilation Rights was playing, and uh, the guitar player of Mutilation Rights, Mike Dimmitt, is a f- film editor, and he happened to shoot and edit um, the AMREP uh, documentary. Yeah. And uh, so he had a lot of experience. He does done and a lot of other stuff, too. Uh, yeah, right, until the light takes us, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was like, hmm, these guys need an editor. How much would it cost? Don't arrest me. How much would it cost t- for you to edit this documentary that I'm in. I don't think ambulances arrest people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it, man. I don't know. So, uh, so... It's not that much of a police state, is it? <laughs> down, the down here it is. Damn EMTs. <laughs> hey, they do have the power to save your life or not. It's, they do. Uh, uh, Anything with three initials I don't trust except for, like, DRI and AOD. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, so I hooked them up with the guys who made it, and, and um, it's been being edited for... a very long time um but uh, it's i still believe i fully believe it's going to be great 
And uh, I had to send him a bunch of stills and uh, shit like that. He was having trouble finding pictures or video of Ed Reyes playing with Mind Over Matter. So you must have that somewhere. Right? I have pictures. Um, <laughs> I don't think there is video. There's uh, NYU audio. There's NYU audio. Right? I, I forgot to direct him in that. But, I mean, that's, that's audio. He needs, he needs video or yeah. pictures. Um, so I was trying to direct him towards it, and he wanted, he wanted old footage of Modern Matter, which there's, there's a decent amount online. But, you know, it's a very, very in quality. There's a lot of sh- there's shit from Europe that actually looked really good. But, um, yeah, so it was, uh, I, I, had to, I started going through all these old pictures, and it was really fucking funny, man. Like, I, I have pictures of neglect, berserkers, uh, fucking loyal to none. Are these angle uh, shows? Some of them are angle shows. Some are ABC No Rio. Some are, uh, some are lips. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I've, like, like, everybody. I, I have pictures of fucking everybody. It's insane. Silent Majority, with, like, when they, were, they, they look like they're five. It's, like, <laughs> retarded. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Like, like bands like uh, fucking really obscure shit. I have a ton of Fountainhead pictures. Do you uh, really? Yeah. Nothing with Chris in it, though, which was like, you know. Wow. He's, he's the one in the big band. I guess Scott counts, too, for Texas the Reason. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was an awesome trip. Hey, third column pictures? No. <laughs> no. That's real fact, inside. I used, I used that, that picture for the first episode of Paranoid. I did have a picture of it. Of, Did you really? Of Jim Haight, yeah. And I uh, used it for the first episode, issue of Paranoid Fanzine. And then uh, that's when Artie and I started getting all those <laughs> death threats from, from him and from everybody. And then they eventually showed up at the angle with guns and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> shit was hard in the suburbs, yo. That was the last bastion of hardcore being <laughs> not normal. It was kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it was fucked up. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever told that story on, on the podcast before. I'm trying to think if I told it during the glass jaw interview, I probably did. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, it, it was, uh, the pictures were fucking awesome. And, and, uh, I hope that they, I hope they at least help Mike out to see I mean, we, my, some of my hairdos are just like fucking stellar. This picture's from Coney Island High. Do you have Artie yeah. Philly's hairdos? Because some of those are special. No, no. I, I, I got like... And that wave over. Like. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do have... I have one picture like that. I got one... There's one picture where I have a straight bowl cut. There's tons of pictures with really long hair. Um, and then there's the rockabilly phase, which is more... Don't, why don't I remember that? Mid-90s. Is that like era Type 11? The very end of Mind of a Matter? No, it's... Oh, era Type didn't start until... No, this is actually probably 94. Oh, so it's still Minor Matter? Yeah. Yeah, so like, like I went through my Morrissey thing, did all that, and then then World's Fastest Car, where I, I have a couple pictures of that. But that, I, was still in, I was still kind of in the rockabilly phase at that point. And then the aerotype phase is more of a, a, like a Beatle yeah. thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's it, it fucking... <laughs> just like looking... I was so, like, I'm so, sort of semi-embarrassed. Wait, I got to show you. I got it's like, <laughs> I got... Do you have... Um... I sent this one to Mike, so I'll be able to find it pretty. Did you easily. have any video from back then? So no, I, I, I the only video I have, I have a seven-minute documentary that was made for Hofstra. Um, on Minor Matter, there. right? Yeah, on Minor Matter. Vaguely remember you telling me. Yeah, dude, look at this picture. Oh my God. You can you can describe it to the listeners. <laughs> um, I really can't. <laughs> uh, John, our collective old drummer in our bands, looking like a skinhead. Uh, I don't. Know what I'm looking at, like, 
Where is this, first of all? That's John's basement. Is it John's basement? <laughs> so the, it's, it was like, it's we, we were trying to take a, a promo picture, I guess, and it's got to be... this like? It's got to be, ni- this has got to be 1990... Sebastian Bach meets like early 90s hardcore I have no thing. fucking idea what I was doing there, dude. I think, it's, I think it's in a ponytail. No, this is when my hair was growing out, so this would be right when I finished high school. It's definitely a quest to look pretty. I, I, the mean, other I failed like- miserably. <laughs> This is great. Yeah, I think that's got to be, it's got to be 1990, it's got to be 1991, I would think. Is that Ed in the back? That's Ed in the back, It's like Chico in the man. Yes, he does. (laughs) Holy shit. This is is gold. Yeah, so this is is a good lead into this glass jaw interview where... where We should put that picture, can you put that picture up next to the glass jaw thing so people can see it? I should. We at a diner? How Long Island is that? I I actually don't think that's on Long Island, I think that was at... uh, We went and played a show in North Carolina, oh. a big punk festival that actually the club got shut down, of course, and, and, and the show got moved to like some other part and whatever. I think that was actually right at, before Ed got thrown out because Ed had spent all his money and didn't have any money for gas or tolls and <laughs> he spent all his money on seven inches because he's that hardcore. And, well, uh, that's respectable. And, yeah, and we, we, when I Not speak of Ed, it's Ed, Ed, uh, Ed Reyes who later gained fame playing in Take It Back Sunday. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, like yeah, I, I remember, I remember Scott being so pissed about that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a fucking incredible picture. So good. <laughs> so what's up with this documentary? You know more than me. No, I mean, I, I just like you know, Mike was telling me that it's getting toward the end. Who so. did they interview from? Uh, they interviewed me and you, obviously. Yeah. And they interviewed Ed. Who did they interview from Glassdoor? They do back or no? Glassdoor refused to be in it. Oh, they refused. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I can't remember why. Um, Tommy did it. Yeah, Tommy definitely did it. I did yeah, the, it with the trailer is still up on. on oh, uh, is it Kickstarter? The day or I got interviewed, it was me, Derek, Neglect, and uh, Mark from Two Man, and George. Minor matter. We were all there together. We did our interviews one at a time, just kind of like hanging out, which was fun. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they got pretty much. Did they get Tyler King? No, I. Uh, that was one of the first things I said to them after they did my interview. They did Christian, right? Yes, okay. I believe so. I'm trying but to I mean, promoters so many more years than bands. Ago. I mean, Christian was in bands. So many too, years but. ago, like it, like I did my interview four years ago. Yeah, that was a long time. ago. You know, so it's like I, I can't even imagine what they it, did. Gary, right? Killer Isles. Yeah, I'm sure. I they think. Did. I mean, I hope it. I hope it. Uh, I, you know, first it, of all, I hope it translates past Long Island. Like it, it's. I mean, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Though, right. I mean, there might just be people who like. Like a couple of bands. So. Well, you, I mean, you, they have to, for their sake, show where it went because the bands that came in the late 90s and early 2000s are the bands that really are, have international acclaim. Yeah, so, and like, not just know, regional respect. Like probably like VOD um, was the first. Yeah. And then later, Glassjaw and Take Mac Sunday and, and, uh, yeah. and Brand New. And what, I mean, but I don't even consider Brand New to be in that And the, before that, that the world. only band that... In the hardcore scene, that almost got really, really big was the Crumb Suckers, because right. they were like on the verge of. I mean, they were like right behind DRI. Yeah, I don't being, see. I don't know how far back they went in this documentary. I don't know if like because I mean, it, I mentioned you do Crackdown. And I mentioned all those bands because I was Crackdown the DA, guy. Uh, and his DA was very Long Island. At least Crackdown, like a token entry, who were kind of more Queens. Yeah, Crackdown was Long Island. Crackdown was definitely Long Island. Um, <coughs> Crumb Suckers, a bald one. Right. Okay. Nihilistics are like Lindenhurst. Nihilistics. Oh, I thought they were B- Belmore. Lindenhurst, I think. Yeah. Well, that makes more Maybe sense. Maybe both. But I think... Yeah, both fucking white trash bullshit towns. Um, One of the only bands that matters. Uh, 
I say bullshit towns because I'm speaking of my own. And Lindenhurst sort of being an adopted hometown, honestly. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, it was, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how far back they went because I feel like that is a very, very important lead up to sort of like what, what I would consider to be the height of the scene, which was right after Mind of Matter broke up to like, like when Silent Majority broke up. Yeah. It was kind of like, like that, that era was, was when... Well, the all first the, wave of bands that are from the 90s, their influences were all those bands coming from the mid to late 80s. Right. So that was like the original influence, and that influence well, it was all of got us kids lost who, with new kids. young because, kids who went to Sundance who were able to go and, yeah. and see the mixture of bands, which the, the, you know, the, fucking, um, the, the programming there was fucking incredible. And, and, the uh, combos that they put together were... Right, Very dangerous, it, but musically great. I think it was like it was almost based on say like because there was a period, I think uh, it, the CB shows where they were just all hardcore, all hardcore. But before that, like when Venom would play with Chromags, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they, those those sort of Chris yeah, Williamson, destruction play with Chromags and yeah, yeah. They were sick they, of it all. Would play there was, with like there metal was bands. Very and, little. Se- there was separation, but they would book them all together. And, you know, whether it was the promoter being like, well, we'll get the hardcore kids and the metal kids and, you know, be sick, you know, make more money. I don't know, you know, but... It'll also be a bloodbath. True. Um, But, like, the... the, it's uh, it, Sundance did. I felt like did the same exact thing, and they did, and 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 for the most part, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, if I, I would tell people, I tell people all the time about some of the shows I saw, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, why would you know? Why would Winter play with Leeway and like, you know what I mean? Like, I saw <laughs> this. This is the epitome of a Sundance show that was berserk. Agnostic Front, Saint Vitus, and the Mentors. Wow. Well, St. Vitus and Agnostic Front were probably friends. Probably. Yeah. But, I mean, musically, what the fuck? No, I mean, yeah, the mentors. Yeah, really? it was incredible. I think I was, yeah. me and my friend Alec, who uh, I want to talk about him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're the only two people who were psyched for all three bands. Everyone else was there for one or two bands. Yeah. And we were like, this is the best fucking show. You know what I always First wondered? of all, no one likes St. Vitus. You know what I would have fucking loved? <laughs> like literally on earth. I'm looking at Wino right now, <laughs> playing and singing for St. Vitus. Yeah, as that you said photo. That. <laughs> they actually it, told the. I I hung out with uh, those guys afterwards, and I mentioned that show, and the guitarist he remembered it. And he's like, oh, he's like, they gave us the wrong address, and we showed up at a barber shop. <laughs> he's like, and we all walked in, and they were like, uh, can we help you? And he's like, yeah, we're here for the show, and they're like, that's down the block. You're in the wrong place. All those guys have longer hair than me, so they walked into a barber shop. That's awesome. And the only thing weirder than that is they walked into a show that was just filled with skinheads to see Agnostic Front. There was no one there for St. Vitus. Oh, that must have I think been. they're used to that. They that played with Black been. Flag for years. Yeah, they definitely, they were they playing. They did the punk circuit, you know? They were definitely, they, they, I don't think they were scared of anything, those guys, honestly. No, I'm pretty sure they were. Um, but yeah, they, the, uh, it was Wino the singing? Yeah, he must have been at that point. Yeah, it was 87. Okay, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so uh, 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 yeah, I, I like, I don't know, I always, I always loved that, that, uh, that sort of template. Because Lemoore's really didn't do it. If you look at Lemoore's shows, they were very... They, have more, they make more sense. Yeah. Tyler, though, when he booked the Seabees, was off the chain. No, Rich Hall did, too. Rich Hall would... would yeah, but that's later than Tyler. That's Tyler true. was yeah. like... And, the, and that was a lot of, like, what would become the metalcore. Spaz Disassociate Get Up Kids show? <laughs> See, I think Tyler was just fucking with everybody. It's so good. Yeah, but it was so good. <laughs> he just wanted to see crust punks 
watching Get Up Kids. <laughs> yeah, he, I think he just wanted to, and I think he wanted to expand people and fuck with people at the same time. Well, I mean, and, you know, and, and that's what a good. And again, like, let me, you know, uh, kudos to him. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, that was there was so much of that love uh, uh, of two different styles. From, on Long Island because of people like that and because of Sundance and shit like that, that it, it was, you know, I loved that whole aspect. It's funny, I was looking, you know, we were talking about people's top tens and mm-hmm. the Facebook thing, and uh, there's so many people from Long Island who put either Seven Seconds Praise, Ourselves, yeah, or Soul, For, Soul Force Revolution, and it's like, those, are, those records are sort of like, like, look down upon, you know, as far as, and for anybody who doesn't know about those records there, you, uh, Seven Seconds went through like a U2 phase, um, the Praise P being the perfect yeah. example of that, and it's, uh, which is a fucking great record. And uh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's the record that made me go, oh, one of my favorite bands is uh, trying to expand trying musically, to on Fuck you. No, they were I don't I, mind. But that's the, the thing, that's the thing. They never, I like New Wind. You know, like, but the, I don't like Praise. We can get, I mean, but New Wind is even a poppy record, man. You know, like, yeah, it is definitely. I think that I think New Wind fucking changed everything. You know, like that record's well. If stellar. you know Long Island, what Long Island hardcore became, you understand why those seven seconds exactly. were huge. Exactly, and it, it totally makes sense. And it was like that whole wave of bands. Every one of those bands, even Derek, for fuck's sake, from Neglect, like love those records. And it's like, you know, where my generation, where it's like, oh yeah, this skins, brains, and guts, committed for life. The crew. Right, 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 yeah. Where, like, and I go up to New Wind and like it, and then I was like, all right, I don't like Praise. But I like the ones after Praise, but Praise was so you too. I was like, oh, I hate Bono. This is terrible. Uh, the, the, uh, I actually found a picture of Kevin Seconds playing at the Northport Pipeline wearing, you guys? wearing a Modern Matter shirt, yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, that was really fun. And, and it, Big Sniff? And Big Sniff, yeah. That was a great fucking show. Yeah, I, I always forget about Big Sniff. The, it's got a good pedigree of humans. It is. They're really they're yeah. a great band, but it's it's funny. Like I just when I think of Gary, like somehow Big Sniff kind of falls out. Yeah. In in my brain for some reason, I I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. And it was Chicky. Chicky, that's right. Chiatera, Chiatera. And um, who the fuck was Al in that band? Albatross. I don't know. I honestly don't remember. Groon. I God, I can't fuck. I'm so fried. Mark was a singer. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, um, yeah I, I got me, dude. I just fucking... <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> that's totally. that, Wow, what a sign of age. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, what band from Long Island that no one else knows? I thought it was Can Al, who was from Ludacris, the drummer. Albatross. I don't know. Am I making that up? It, well, I mean, I'm sure it's a fucking Google search away, but... Uh, yeah, well, on your laptop, not on my see. phone. see. Oh, jeez. But yeah, anyway... So to multitask, as you text for that, uh, that documentary, uh, I'm glad it's finally coming out. Yeah, I mean... I think Shane Glassdoor didn't want to be in it. I wonder if they didn't want to do it because they don't... I have no... I can't... You know... I mean, he's so passionate about that stuff. Nick told... The guy who was doing the, the documentary told me that they had a particular reason that they didn't want to be involved. And I, and, and I don't know what it was. Um, because, it, yeah, like, it's... In talking to Daryl and Beck now... They, you know, like for them not to want to be involved and talk about all that shit that that they don't stop talking about now, you know. Yeah, right. So exactly. there, there must have been there must have been some specific reason that they didn't want to be involved, and, and you know, I give respect to them, whatever that case might be. But uh, okay, big sniff. Because socially, see. I mean, it's like a constant for them. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, a, I don't really get it. Uh, okay. Walk down memory lane, kill your idols. No, it's not going to, it's not going to list it. Fuck. Why, why doesn't Big Sniff have a fucking wiki page? It should be so easy. God damn it. Well, because it's so obscure. It's ridiculous. Is it though? Yeah, I'm not getting it. So what do you think were the big records, aside from that seven-second stuff, that influenced that wave of Angle-slash-early PWAC bands? Fugazi, Seven Seconds. Who else? Sunny Day, a little later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's... And those were the influences that were, like, not the influences of the generation before, who were coming more from a Chromags agnostic front, or, I like, think, maybe even thrash metal kids. What's interesting is that, is that I think that... The, that because we were geographically so insular in the early 90s, especially, like before, say before Monitor Matter started branching out to play the city. Right. Which, you know, like, like I, I, I'm thinking, like, how many times Neglect played in the city? Not many. No. Um, Someone, um, they played Bond Street. And they I played, saw them at Bond Street once. I think they played Coney Island. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's not many. I'm sure that they played That was the first I'm generation sure of bands, CDs. though, that were strictly considered... Long Island bands, but I felt like that that the influence stayed insular. So oh, totally. You know, like for like, whereas I, I think more than anything, bands like Lifetime and the Bouncing Souls. Um, yeah, that's a little later, but definitely. But no, not the Souls are early nineties. Yeah, but they were terrible. Because we, book, we were booking them when at the were, angle. Like God, were people liking that? Yeah, they loved Jesus it. Christ. I actually, that's my favorite period of them because then they they when they signed to. Uh, they were still putting out records of their own for a while. And when they signed to, what was it, Epitaph or something, like they just kind of, they went on tour with Rancid and kind of just became... They became more formulaic, for sure. Well, they, yeah, they, they, they kind of fell into that punk thing that they, yeah. you know, but when they first started, they were very idealistic and they had a little bit of a... Um, they were very idol, idealistic, for sure, but... Like they would play with, like, lips and Lucy they, Brown and, you know, like, shit like that. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, they, like... Early Lifetime was I huge, remember obviously. there was one show with, with Black Train Jack and Bouncing Souls and someone else, and it was, like, at the angle. And it was fucking rammed, and it was awesome. You know, like, like I feel I like... I actually loved Black Train Jack, which people are always surprised by, but I love that band. That, that is weird. Yeah, and I love them. Huh. I saw them more times than I can count. I have both demos before the record. I either. played with them a bunch. Yeah, yeah they, they, uh... Yeah, they, they... They... Like, those types of bands that were, I feel like were influenced, but like, definitely Lifetime, who were also early 90s, but not with the sound that they ended up with. Exactly. Like, at first, they, they, were, they were a hardcore yeah. band on, no, on New Age. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, a, a lot of that stuff definitely heavily influenced our scene, you know, when, when Artie started booking shows and bringing a lot of those bands out to Long Island, and it was the first time anybody had been exposed to that shit. And, you know, but then, then there was, you know, the... Like, you go to a neglect rehearsal, and it was like a fucking show in yeah. John's basement. So all of those people were being very influenced by by neglect and, and you know, by us to a point. But and us was a little bit harder to imitate. But the, the uh, um, I mean, you, could, you could imitate neglect, but you're never going to be neglect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, Between uh, the attitude... The interesting drumming and the uh, the guitars being a little more metal. It just was its yeah, own thing. A, yeah, yeah, so totally, completely its own thing. Um, Derek, I'll give Derek a plug because he he just had neglect shirts printed. So. I just saw them. Yeah, the red ones. The red ones, of course. What's up, Derek? <laughs> um, I doubt he listens to this. There's no way. 
Yeah. Unless we tell him we're doing a three-hour special on thrash metal, <laughs> then he'll listen. He just posted a... If we argue what's better, Exumer or Hobbs, Angel, or Death, I guess he will he... definitely listen. <laughs> I guess he's moving, and he found a bunch of demos. Did you see that fucking yeah. picture? They, I was like, whoa, whoa. And like some fucking weird old glass drawer uh, demo. And like, yeah, what well, the all fuck the was that tape? I was like, damn. The... the uh, but it was, most of it was death metal shit. Yeah, it was, it was next to like an unleashed it was demo. T- there was a mortician <laughs> demo, unleashed. Yeah. yeah, it was like tape trading day style. Yeah. Well, he had a zine briefly. Yes, that's true. So I, I think those are legit. Yeah. It's so that's fucking right. that funny. Might, that might have been before. No, it couldn't have been before I met him. They should have interviewed mm-hmm. Brian. Was he around then? No. No. Because no. that would have been the interview. Yeah. I don't think Brian wanted to be interviewed. Um, Probably not. He would be, I, he'd be more open to it now. Because he's... Yeah, he's much been more back around a little bit. Yeah. But uh but yeah, the uh no, I mean I I I feel like it's going to be it's going to be really good at it, it hopefully it, it'll be a cool snapshot of of that time and hopefully they were able to concentrate on the what, you know, how things morphed into what they became and come back around to incendiary which is which I know they interviewed incendiary. So Good, they should. You know, it's like do they, I mean it, they should do like incendiary and backtrack and like the new generation of bands. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I mean that's where it is now, which Iron is somewhere Sheik, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. But it, cuz it's like uh It's really strange. It started it was like you said it was completely regional. Then the DIY scene, not just the bands, but Long Island became such a major touring place that it had the power that like New York City has for like other genres of music. Because it was like, you know, if you book Bouncing Souls in the city, you draw a hundred people. You booked them in Long Island, you'd book, you'd get seven hundred people. Yeah. The same thing with Staten Island. Uh-huh. Like there were these pockets that were more suburban, but with DIY and more like warehouse style, and they, you know, they were outdrawing clubs. It was crazy. Well, yeah, I mean that was that was the the lore of eventually the PWAC, where it was you know PWAC and then Deja and it, One. It, when I think about when I think about all those shows, I think about the stuff that we go through here, and I think about how fucking ridiculously irresponsible those shows were. Well, of course, <laughs> they were crazy. <laughs> they were completely. They were run by nineteen-year-old kids, and they were like up who, to twelve hundred people in a building. Do nothing about anything. No, nope. like I, you stamped a hand. You made sure no one brought beer in. Uh, yeah. Well, what else was it? It was like, and, and now we expect, line every, check. We expect everybody right. to leave us alone. You know, it's like, uh, uh, it was. Uh, uh, but it was also because you had no, there was no management. There was no fucking bullshit. There was no industry bullshit. It was when hardcore was still hardcore and was still DIY music. When now, no one complained for 30 minutes on how the guitar amp sounded back then. They just said, <laughs> where's the plug in the wall? Yeah, pretty much. You know? And then there was no managers. There wasn't guarantees for the most part. Some of the bigger bands, you had some of that stuff. But, right, but, I mean, it, but, but the promoters definitely chose to deal with who they wanted to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody was too much of a pain in the ass about all that stuff, it was like, no. Like, yeah. what, what is this? No, I'm not, doing, I'm not dealing with this. Because I can get 100 bands to fill this room. Or I can get, I can get, I can get five local bands to play a show and bring more people than... Yeah. In your band, you know, it's like, I mean, that, that was very much the way it was. I remember, so we just had Life of Agony here, and uh, who are uh, quirky to say the least. <laughs> um, they, uh, and I, I don't mean that because of their singer. I mean, that, that band's been through a lot. Someone dying at a show, their singer became a, went from a man to a woman. They, like, you know, they, they've definitely had the gamut of interesting weirdness. Um, but uh, the, the, uh, Nice, nice dudes. But I remember, I remember like getting in an argument with the singer about when they were going to go on at the angle. Oh, and, and Keith, at right, the time, 
Right. And uh, he, uh, it, they, it was because this weird thing at the angle where you ha if you went on last, no one was there. And Neglect was playing. And Neglect, of course, being our friends, we were going to put him on second. And LOA was going to headline it. LOA technically should have been more popular than Neglect. But yeah. on Long Island, they were not. <laughs> and it was like, it, it was, it was. Was the first album out yet? I don't remember. This, this has got to be 93. Didn't she a terror player show? Possibly. I mean, if they did, was they it like a Halloween or something? I, I vaguely remember that. I, no, the, I thought the Halloween show was the one that Jim Haight showed up with guns. That sounds like a sheer terror show. No, it was Neglect. Uh, or Neglect. It was Neglect. John, Brian came out in a body bag. Yeah, yeah. They, like, I wasn't at that show, but I remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> I know everybody's listening to this going, what the fuck are you guys? Can I just fast forward to Glassjaw? I'm sure they have. Or are you just going to hear more? <laughs> they sure can, they, right? You've already fast forwarded. It's fine. Yeah, so free. we'll just keep talking about what we yeah. want to talk about. Um, no, but it's, it was, uh, yeah, it's like, it, it was a weird phenomenon. And it would happen across the country. You'd go on tour and, and the, you know, the local hardcore band would draw. Only in hardcore can that really happen, but it, it, was, it was very commonplace, especially in Long Island. It was like, I mean, you know, VOD were opening for people, and I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. They I'm, were fucking Dude, huge. I remember VOD opening for Modern Matter, the first PWAC show. They were one of five. And, like... The amount of people that they were bringing out—it's like, yeah, it was like, uh, this is a little embarrassing. Yeah, I yeah, think it was the—it was the last. It was the first P. Yeah, it was the first P. Wack show. It wasn't the last Matter of Matter show, though. I don't think. And um, hardcore has an ADD mentality, where like, if a band was around for eighteen months, it was old news. But the band that was around for three months is like fresh and new. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like, people were more psyched and amped on something new and fresh. And, and uh, but VOD was bringing in. But they brought out people that weren't hardcore. They kids. weren't hardcore kids. Yeah, no. they were like, Pantera kids. Yeah, and they, they yeah, they, and like uh, construction boot. But like. I think that they might, you know, in, in a lot of ways, they might have been a great um, gateway band to a for lot that of generation. Them. They were fucking yeah. amazing one. So you know, it's we Anthony can, from Sheer Terror. Oh no way, cool. <laughs> hey, dude, I'll call you back. Don't ruin our podcast, anyway. Um, but no, it's it is a, uh, and of course, like you know. A, all that is welcomed because you know the, nothing grows without bringing new people in. So, it, but uh, but that was like right at the brink, right for things like when, once VOD blew up, it was like I remember that fucking PWAC show. There was like two thousand people there. It was nuts. Did that many people show up? Yeah, yeah. We could, I mean, the line was fucking around the block and fucking madness. And they would think people couldn't get in. They were pissed off. They was like making a mess in the fucking parking lot. It was like total. And what did they even have out at that time? <sighs> for seven inch. Yeah, a band throwing 2,000 people on a I'm not sure they were signed to Roadrunner yet. I don't think they were, because I remember when that show was. Think about how insane that is. Yeah. Pre-internet to have a 7-inch out yeah. and to draw 2,000 They were the biggest band at NASA, NASA Community College. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I think they were all, they were all like, some of them were going to NASA at the time. And, and I remember, remember it, somebody made that joke. They're like, well, like, this is like all of, like, every alternative kid from NASA Community College is here. Like, right. Uh, Okay, I get it now. But, you know, they're going to get to see four other bands that are fucking... But VOD had a, you know, they had a very loyal following and a very much... They definitely did. You know, in the, in the vein of neglect. You know, it was like... But with a, more of a, a mainstream appeal, you know? Yeah, because it crossed over to metal people. Big time. Neglect really didn't... No. Neglect didn't even try. I mean, they stayed within the circle. I mean, it know? wasn't even a thought. 
at the time. There was no, no. like, hey, we're going to write this to cross over to people. It was just like, hey, man, uh, this band might fit on this show. All right, yeah. cool. You know, like, or, well, yeah. Well, that pureness is long I'm gone. Friends Everything with those is guys. so calculated now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's a different world now. But in every sense, it's like between social media and what bands' goals are. I mean, I still think like I'm 16. I'm like, I just want to write a few songs and then play a show. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't sit there with a pen and paper and have this master plan. I want to make something organic and fierce. Yeah. And once that's made, then I'll be like, all right, let's. Even playing shows is a lot of trouble these days. But the, the, uh, <laughs> it's like, what do I got to do? Uh, how now what do we got? How late oh, do I got to stay out? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come well, on, man. <laughs> that's a whole other element. If I could, if I could. If they could just create that transporter that they had in fucking uh, Star Trek, and That'd I could just nice. be transported to stage and the then Jetsons, transported back home. Fly. Well, I could go to the merch booth for a little bit, maybe have a couple of beers, but then I want to leave. <laughs> you are old and jaded. <laughs> so this movie, it's going to come out eventually is the point. Eventually, yeah, and I, I think it's a good intro to, um, to this Glassjaw interview, which is, again, heavily Long Island-centric, and, uh, but a really fun and awesome time, and uh, it felt like... We were doing a live podcast and felt like we were on stage with everybody. It was like sort of yeah, the energy was for the last really hour of it. It was just like a group, a room full of people just listening to us talk, and you know. And, and it was it, also a com- like people who are all friends but are never in the same room together. Yeah, anymore. yeah. And oh, if totally. they are, there's a band playing and you don't really talk. Right. So it was like it felt really. It doing? was one of those rare, really fun, cool feeling things. It made you. F- yeah. It reminds you for whatever that Long Island hardcore was that. There's like a community in it that even guys you weren't even particularly close to, you have a bit of a bond with. Oh, yeah. It's immediate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, including bands you didn't even like, you know, it just, it was like just, it was a place and time kind of a thing where it's like, it was special and you look back on it and it, and you, you really realize it was special. Even socially, it was special. It was, it was a really good time. Even though it wasn't my favorite musical time, it was definitely my favorite time as far as like, uh, being part of like a community. And making like lifelong friends and just it was productive too. It was like not like you know, there's a lot of cool DIY scenes, but it, they're kind of self destructive and they don't really accomplish much. Like a lot of really good things came out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh And, and if you look and, at it right, it was really inspirational, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, i never name the episodes, but I'm gonna name this one. And you'll know when the when the part comes up, but this episode's gonna be called Gay Crapo. <laughs> And on that note, thanks for listening to the Automatic Crowd, the St. Vitus Bar podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud. And uh, email us, tell us if you, how much you hate us. It's all good, we don't care. Um, Definitely not. Yeah, we just, we're just looking for a reaction, that's all. Um, and uh, I would take a shit and throw it at you if it was uh, live. It, <laughs> Get that reaction like GG you, you can do it metaphorically, thanks, Ron. I will. Um, and uh, with no further ado, here is Daryl from Glassjaw. Peace. And you like be like, I'm buying that record tomorrow. No, you don't. Whatever it was. Mike Snap or whatever Snap unsnapped. I remember I've, certain guys. I'm friends I, with Mike Snap now. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. But it's like, I'm like, wait, you're him? Like, it's like this weird noise of being a 14 year old reading a magazine. It was crazy being 12, watching him in the week. Yeah, I would watch yeah. him on Headbangers Ball and then buy the issue where he would talk about, like, MOD. Exactly. It was like the best things that ever happened to me. <laughs> MOD, what a reference. Surfing MOD, the worst album I ever made. Atrocious, dude. <laughs> and you wanted so it to rule. Bad. MOD, to play two nights here. Oh, oh I love yeah. MOD.
Bill yeah. almost almost beat me up in 1987. He, yeah, he threw me over his head wrestling style into the crowd at King Diamond Show in 1988. Was that at the Ritz or something? No, it was at the fucking showcase in Comac. Are we on? Uh, yeah, we are on. Hey. Hey, Ron. Hey. Hey, Daryl. What's up, Arty? Hey, hey Daryl. Hi, we gotta, we gotta, we, So, uh, yeah, we're, the Glassjaw is finishing up their video fucking finally Yay. here uh, at St. Vitus. And uh, so we thought Daryl could come down and... and uh, Open his big fat mouth, thank which you, he doesn't do you. that often. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> and help us do our intro for Dan Loker from Nuclear Assault. <gasps> Another and hero, and uh, the yeah. god of gods, and Hemlock, and yeah. oh, so you know was it that. apartment? Yeah. Not apartment two thirteen, and Anthrax. Obviously. Okay, okay. So this interview, though, Brutal I mean, this interview, truth, was, the greatest power that this, violence. Not band that ever. I want this intro with you to be just about Dan Loker because it should. We we, we know, never talk about. We should probably talk about. We will. Yeah, he was. Way too fucking stung. So this was a, this was one of the few interviews I've ever done in in for our podcast where I actually felt uncomfortable. I did because he. So we brought up black metal, which I immediately just make fun of, which because I, I listen to it, it's funny, but I hate when people take it too seriously. Cause but yeah, like, you're the guy that likes it, but you also kind of see the you know. yeah. Well, I mean, in in owning this place, and you'd like. I, I just don't see the necessity for makeup and so you know I hate Kiss so whatever it it, Me too. it just like the the whole thing is just kind of like the real like blood or the rotting and pig's I'm not making head. fun of Black Anvil you know they, they, they're my friends as well and I love them I actually fucking love their music um, but it's just like I think the whole thing is kind of silly but Dan was like fucking serious about it yeah so serious and like it was great because Ron Ron played I was like kind of shocked I was like really. And it, like Ron was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And he just played into it perfectly. I was like, oh, but I get God. his original That's vision so of his black thing. metal. I, I get mean, it too. I bought black I metal records too. in '85, and I worshipped Satan and cut myself with razor blades. And even though he's probably in his fifties now, like that was his vision of it, and I respect that. Now it's corny, and when I see a dude from Williamsburg with a mustache wearing some third world black metal shirt, I'm like, you're a corny bitch. But that's not but Dan. That's not that's Dan. Not what that's Dan, not Dan. exactly. Dan's the real Dan Logan did it in the mid-90s and early I, 90s, and it was pure. Then. I get in his it, head, in, in and, 2018, you could look back and go, ah, 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 yeah, come on, come yeah. on. But it, it was the mission statement of his he, band then. He likes fun. the theater. And, he likes all the theater band. He likes theatrical, real deal fucking And that's metal. fucking awesome, but I think he was too stoned to articulate it properly. Uh, <laughs> you you should have been his mouthpiece. No, Listen, been. Dan, what I think you really mean you right mean now is... He'd say it in four words, and you'd say it in fifty uh, and make it concise. Uh, ravenous uh, mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to have Nuclear Assault play here. Like this was like a big fucking deal for me they personally. Uh, yeah, I need to get Sacred Reich next, but like, yes. it, but it's been it's been. We've been seeing so, them. The American way was my shit until I taped over. This is a great story. So, Daryl Daryl's talking before about how he taped over the Ameri- Sacred Reich's American Way with one of the first Glassjaw rehearsals, which was done on a karaoke machine. <laughs> Found it recently, and it's the tape, and it has pieces of white tape. Uh, pieces of white paper folded over the to hole. cover the did you, hole. Did you yeah, use yeah. Yeah. Like, did you use duct tape or did you use no, shitty no, tape? No, actual paper. Just oh, like, you shit oh, shoved the paper in. Like no effort put in. Just to ruin the, dude, a record. My that doesn't even. And Ivan that shouldn't even have covered a good all record. Even, <laughs> and a good record. <laughs> <laughs> and a good yeah. An American Way is kind of the peak as far as them being good. Then now it's like dad. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so uh, what's what's this video? What song is this video for? Anyway, a song called Shira. Shira. And Shira is Who's Shira? Justin's daughter. Ah. Justin's beautiful oh, little angel. Okay. The name doesn't have anything to do with the tune, but 
We love Shira, so I just, it's a, we just yeah. and she got a song named after her, which and is she did, and she's great. And we played, we played here the last day of our U.S. tour, and the day that our record came out, and so we filmed some of that, and we came back to film some of the more actingy mosh parts. How many times, I, you know, I I talked to Beck all the time, but I think I probably you guys almost played here, I don't know, six times. I kept asking and kept asking and. All, the only fucking answer I would get from Beck is, so it's really complicated. It's really complicated. And I, I think that was when Daraj and Manny were in how the much, band. How much money? How much, it's complicated. Do you have much money? Is this involving? <laughs> I've wanted to play here the whole time. No. I don't know. <laughs> that was just That was a very decisive answer, Daryl. <laughs> who left, who left, who, who's getting paid or docked? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It was that was always his his response. Was, okay, what? So what's the deal? I was like, I'll have uh, literally. I would be like, I will have all the backline set up, everything you need to exact specs. You show up at midnight and play the fucking show. But what about? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was so fucking complicated. I was just like, oh god. I for, I was like, man, I haven't I haven't hung with these guys in a while. I forgot how fucking complicated they are. We're pretty complicated. I'm pumped. I was pumped to play here, though. Honored. Because we are definitely not cool enough to play here. Oh god! So for the break? record, I'm glad That's that we got true. to where no, we're at. Did, well, you we were, play no, here. you you guys have been on the wish list ever since we started like doing those big underplays and shit. And it was you know obviously because Dave, and my partner Dave, is is the perfect age to be a massive Glassjaw fan. Great guy, you know, and from Great Long guy. Island. And obviously, like people like Chris and like all of the guys in my band and whatever, you know. It's oh yeah. So it's uh. You know, it was it was something that kind of needed to happen eventually. I'm pumped. I love it. I love playing this club. I wish we could play this club when we play in New York all the time. Well, but it doesn't work like that. I know it doesn't work like that. We could make it work like that a little. You bit could. Better. I mean, you know, there's a, a one of my my uh, a band called Mutoid Man that could easily play in a lot bigger places. Great band. Always plays there. Uh, a band called I Hate God who could always play in bigger. Might places. Might have heard of that band. They always yeah, you play. Might have. And it's because if you play your cards right, you actually make more money than if you play those other places. But that's all right. No, that's right? true. <laughs> Who's louder? Who's louder? That? I hate God or who did you say was the loudest? You, the other day you said it to me when we were uh, here. The Body? No. Oh, who's Unsane? that? Oh, uh, Unsane was pretty fucking loud. Unsane blew my There's a band here, called The Body from Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, they're good. So we, we, had a, we, had, we had major noise problems in the first couple of years we were open. So about a year into, less than a year, we... Did all the soundproofing, which we didn't have the money for. Then CBS called me a week after. It was like CBS called. And they were like, "Hey, we want to do a filming. Yes, please come film." It literally paid for all our soundproofing because we didn't know how we were going to pay for it. It was pretty amazing. CBS, as in CBS, CBS yeah. Like they filmed some weird show here. And, uh, oh wow! But when a place like that, a, a company like that, um, blocks out three days, you charge them a lot of money. Um, that's why we always want HBO. Come on in, babe. Come on in. Anyway, yeah. so fucking, uh, so we soundproofed, right? And it was like, okay, the guy who soundproofed is like, it's going to cut 70% of the sound. All right, 70%. That, that should help, right? You'd think. So we go up on the roof. This band, The Body, is the first band to play after we soundproof. So, I mean, I know you know what you know, you're doing. Yeah, they're like you know a bulldozer. Do. Is it so, stony? Like, stony? Stony? It's slow. It, it, they, but they do, abrasive. Slow actually, means they loud. They actually put out a record. Yeah. They, they, do, yeah. they put out records on Thrill Jockey, which is more of an indie label. Sick. And they do yeah. collaborations with other bands. That's kind of how they do it. Cool. They're very, very cool. And it's just two guys. So we go up on the roof. They and sound it's, like 10 guys. I, 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 That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, in the room, 
It was 130 dB. In the room. It was like... Like seventy percent down from there is still illegal, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So we go up on the roof and I take the measurement, and it's like eighty-six dB, which is way over. And I'm just like, oh, we're fucked. We're fucked. No so Polish children. No Polish children sleeping. Oh, believe me, I would have yeah. loved Walter like Acoustic Walter every down. night. Do but acoustic like, set. Start yeah, today. Come. Start today. Acoustic would have yeah. been way no, easier. That's cool. that's the, the fucking uh, <laughs> Vinnie Caruana, Jeff fucking uh, Jeff Rickley. Way too. quieter. <laughs> it's a bit quieter than uh, the body. Which we sounds. had one of the biggest fist fights we've ever had at that show. Oh no, it was John Nolan. It was John Nolan and Jeff Rickley. We had a fist fight at that. That's a rowdy bunch. That's unacceptable. Yeah, these, these fucking two people got in a huge fucking fight. I was like, what? Christian McKnight caused a fight at Weezer at Jones Beach when we were young. <laughs> Some people will just be like that Can anyway. You book it? Yeah, he did. That's why I went like that. Christian, if you're listening, that's why the fight happened. Because you booked because you fucking booked it. So he snuffed someone to his own show? I no no he actually didn't book it. He actually oh, just yeah, got into a that. raw fight at a Weezer concert. I that's hope it so weird. some people will fight. Was it with Dubin? Did him and Dubin fight? No, no, I heard that's gonna that's a, a Weezer concert coming up, he's gonna fight Dubin. Oh, okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the opener. I wouldn't want on my resume that I lost a fight at a Weezer show. So I really hope Christian won. <laughs> I wouldn't want on my resume. No, I wouldn't want that at all. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, so that's a uh, lot of DBs for outdoors. Uh, yeah. Despite so, uh, anyway, the soundproofing. Anyway, so that, that's, that's the story behind our soundproofing, which we had to get more soundproofing done after that. But, uh, yeah, if I, if I could have had, you know. Law and Order. Five days. Blocked out. Dude. You, you're just acting in it. We've been so close. All getting paid. You know, the big one in Greenpoint was girls. If you got a girl shoot. That's big money. Oh, wait. Then what about like high maintenance or like the weed delivery shows on HBO? Those are huge. They do that for super cheap, I think. I have friends uh, and relatives. Because that was biz. a YouTube show. Oh, I, I didn't My old bass player did Californication in those Bring them on in. We'll give them we'll carte blanche, you know? Yeah, how is this not? This is the place. Totally. This is the spot. Like they, CBs used to get called all the time. Yeah, of course. What you was know? when Julian, when all you guys, it was you playing on MTV. It was Bad Trip and Julian Moshing. That was cool. Sassy Magazine era. What was yeah. that? That was oh sick. God, was right that. after I joined the band. They were uh, cute band of the month. <laughs> I wasn't in the picture. No, I have the picture. I have. The, I recently up? saw the Ian's Vanonius. Did you put my head over Luke's head? No, I did. I yeah, you thank you. I, cool. never you had the you had the the pomp, the blondish sort of pomp. Marcy I did. That was full Marcy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous, yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. To get with the red gas station attendant shirt, used to tuck so, into those jeans. You were so hot. It was great. Fucking yeah. I won't forget a day I ever saw you, Artie. Honestly, I don't. I literally know the color of the fucking shirt. It, well, I'm glad somebody does because I don't look in mirrors. <laughs> so I, just, I have a weird mirror thing from so, oh, being brought up Catholic. You don't need yeah. that, dude. I have that same. Catholic, I have that's it. Why? Yeah. I don't you jerk don't off in the, the mirror anymore. You're vain. No, it's vanity. I won't even like. I can't look in the mirror when I masturbate in front of a priest ever again. I never can. I just can't. It used to be fun. Now it's creepy. And now I can't. That's part of age. Okay, so that happened. Yeah, the blonde, um, the blonde pompadour. You had that blonde pompadour. That was yeah, that was. Really I remember cool. that look. Yeah, it was. Good. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a strong wannabe Marcy look. It was beautiful. You were selling records at the PWAC that specific but no one had night. That in Long Island. You were bringing something different. I sold. Well, I sold. There was one point where I sold a lot of my records. Oh, okay. What? What's happening? It was informing me that actors wanted to take a quick photograph. Oh. Chris Baldwin. Chris it's, Baldwin, everybody. A lot of times actors want to take a bunch of quick photos. I gotcha. They said, oh, this is not a rap video, and it's not turning into an orgy. Austin Migos just did the new video, and it's going to be an orgy <laughs> in Justin Skirty's uh, room right atop the, the bar that we're in right now. Does Justin still live upstairs? Why is he, he does, not yes, here? He does. He's covered in tattoos and has muscles. Why is he not in this video? I offered him up to Beck. 
Scotty's just nothing. sleeping. I got nothing. So, uh, you know. So who wasn't interested, Backus or Justin? Uh, Scotty, I, I, wish that, I wish that you were here in this video right now, shirtless with, and tattooed. Because there was a couple of shirtless people, and I think that the bare-breasted male I saw didn't have any tattoos. Do you remember when Justin did that, that ad in Rolling Stone? No. Where he had his shirt off? And he, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. What? He got paid good money for that. Yeah, it was like, because uh, no. Pichicato was, uh, was the head, it was a Sony ad. In, in oh, Rolling that Stone. makes sense. Yeah, oh, and Pete worked, God. he was like That's the head amazing. of design at Sony, and, and so Justin was like the perfect guy with his shirt off, and all hairy. And what tattoos. was the demographic that he fit? Uh, hairy guy with no hairy shirt. guy with tattoos. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Oh, that's amazing. Not the biohazard video. The glass I was trying no, to make. No, slightly it. different. That was a different one. Pichicato wasn't in the biohazard one. He definitely no. Pichicato. The Pichicato five. <laughs> Has that joke? That's definitely been said a lot. I, I probably the yeah. Pichicato five. I don't know. Pete works for Google now and makes a lot of money. Oh, that's nice. He's, he's, ma- he's married to he's married to Mike Nagin's uh, sister, Mary. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And they have three kids. Holy they they live in San Francisco. I see them all the time. They live in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. But they lived up up until about maybe five years ago, they lived over here. Oh sorry, wow. that just got deep Long Island. So oh. back to uh, I'm so out of touch with those people inside. we spent so yeah, much time with. I, oh wow. That's amazing. I know. Yeah, we used to spend so much time together. It was yes. crazy. Every weekend. I, I And you're uh, the coolest. Does Chris does Chris Baldwin still have video of some of the crazy shit you used to do? And it odds are his penis, maybe mine is out in all those videos. It's, I have no idea. I was, I was witness to one yeah, particular one. I'm not going to say what happened, there, but it was, uh, it was quite, a, a, quite an achievement. <laughs> was it you and him fighting violently with the, the things that you float in the swimming pool with on a trampoline? Well, that's one of them, but no, this that was, was a indoors. good time. That was good. This was indoors. Was yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't remember whose house we were at, but yeah, things got weird. Yeah, but but things used to get really weird back then because we were all together and and the uh, a lot of the folks that we would hang out with were straight edge and straight edge and people the ones who weren't though really were very excitable. Uh, true, I was one of the. I've never ever been straight, and the uh, well, I mean, you know, in some ways. But, uh, no, I've never ever been straight, but I mean, I know what you mean. But, that's but yeah, and uh, they they. It was funny when you brought up uh, the. Artie Philly being straight edge and I remember the day that that happened because he lived with me and he decided he got in a car accident it was New Year's Eve he was drinking he's like I'm going straight edge oh wow and I'm going to fucking build a legion of straight edge on Long Island <laughs> the article Party is ca- today. because that article is kind of like pleading with you to kind of like feel it maybe join me there's like a, it kind of like comes at you and it, oh, yeah. I mean yeah. who writes articles saying I went straight edge just yeah, past weekend at this yeah. point yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing and the artwork was the I best. I probably spilled beer all over it while he was writing. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least I had a designated driver. For the rest of the time. For the rest of your time. Yeah. <laughs> we lived together. It was easy. They go, are you going to drive? Yeah, cool. So that's when I was able to drink at the radio show. You take me to Dr. Bikes. Oh, and I, uh, chicken, chicken, the, the chicken. I have the sticker. Show. I have the stickers. You un, have the stickers? Unstuck. Wow. Unstuck in that very ridiculous font. That's like the MS Paint sort of font from a million years ago. <laughs> chicken head, or little chicken head and little Artie, or whatever it is. I just recently, oh. I just recently found the cassette that the chicken head theme is on. That's amazing, dude. That was the first time I knew what chicken head. I remember being like, "Why is it chicken head?" And then it rose into like sort of hip hop slang. Right, and I did, right. But, but were you that not? That wasn't what it was. No, oh no, no, I didn't know that. We were, me and my friends were all hung over one morning and we were like and I used to do this dance called the skinny shuffle because I weighed about like 10 pounds you did and and uh and I did this stupid dance that looked like I was sort of surfing and skating but not moving and 
And, and my friend Sif turned and he's like, I had a vision just now of you with a chicken's head on your body. And I meet, from that day on, my friends all call me chicken head. Not because you were a, a blabbering no, sort of baby no, mama type character? That, that, that definition didn't exist, at least in our little white suburban world. No, I mean, it did. It no, that's why when I heard your name, as when I heard that, I was like, I don't really. And then I learned that. And I was like, that's in what TLC's they, world, maybe it existed. Maybe. But it was different. I didn't know them at the time, and I don't yeah. think the world did either. You know them now. No, I, well, I mean, now. they made it famous, didn't they? Yeah, Is they that, did. isn't it? That was before that. That was that long ago. Holy fuck. That's Scrubs, right? And that then was they, Scrubs, yes. And then the, the return, wasn't it Pigeon Head or was it Chicken Head? It's Chicken Head, right? I, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm, I would imagine that. That sounds probably like it was... Red Man had the million chicken head march. Are you serious? Yes, that was a skit on his record. That was not in any way a joke. I mean, I did not write that joke. That was Red Man. I am just joke. learning so much right now that it's uh, it's quite exciting to be uh, so educated by young Daryl Palumbo. What's up, buddy? Chilling. So uh, your new record's awesome, by Thanks. the way. Thanks. Uh, oh, Beck, Beck's beckoning you. You're getting beckoned. You're getting beckoned. No, it's okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of an interview right now, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> this is very important it's editorial important material. <laughs> Definitely not walking away from this right now. This, this is, is a worldwide broadcast. That's obviously important. And yeah. if you asked him how important that is, he's He'd a Dan Lilliker fan. Yeah, I'm sure. He would get it. So, Daryl, one thing I always wanted to talk to you about, and you talked about it a bit with George uh, Reynolds when you did his, but you did his podcast like a year and a half ago. So, a million um, years ago. It was that long ago? It just dropped. Yeah, and then like it was all wrong information by the time it dropped. Yeah, but, yeah. It, yeah was, it was funny. I mean, yeah, well, that's what happened. It was smarter than to drop you first, though. But, yeah, like uh, the. Uh, <laughs> the, the um, you, every record you guys do, you have this tendency to not take cre- any credit for anything you guys do, which I think is stupid. <laughs> And I just want to say that for the record. But you feel you just feel ridiculous taking credit for anything sometimes, no? I listen, and I, I you know, I've heard the Black Crows talk about the song and you just take a piece of the song. Ooh, they want song. credit. No, no, each of them will take all the credit. We're the type of guys that are just like, hey, fucking lame ass motherfucker. Yeah, but you did. And okay, you need to shut the fuck up and mm-hmm. just take some credit, okay? Like, you know I mean I, I, I just it upsets me. I, I there's a balance between I appreciate giving from what you got from, but also receiving, you know? Yes. Yeah, but we receive it off. We literally, ri- I don't know how you say rip off, but we I take mean, we take so closely from things that we look right, up to that right. I literally, to even be sitting across from you or George and be like, yeah, that's right, me and Justin say that. I just feel so inspired by the two of you right, right, for so long that even to say something like that is... Small, but it's realistically, yeah, we made this record, but definitely yes, it sounds did. the most like what you may have made up. It literally sounds like you and your oldest okay, friend. Here's what it sounds like: it sounds doing like things. It sounds like I know it does, and if none of us had any social life at all in we high school, hardly did. and we just sat in our rooms and practiced guitar <laughs> for fucking ten hours a day, Ingve Malmsteen style. That's maybe, maybe I might have been closer. It was funny. Like when, I remember the when, evolution of their ideas. Yeah. Yes. No. Well, no. Right? That's not. As, as no, but as, as we old, asked you to be in the band, I'm gonna put that put know, on record. That, that was, actually happened. But that like was my two answer. years that ago. We asked you. Was oh yeah. So you, uh, you know what? I need a fucking time machine so I can get better. Because there's no way. <laughs> I said lessons. I go I'm no. I go right no way. There's no way he can definitely. I, I, I can't do it. No way. I knew. I thought you. I very much. I appreciate. But can't do it. But they, 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 but you know. But and I your scream is far better than mine at this point, which oh, I wrote you, know, you this I'm morning. Not the singer of that band, by the way. <laughs> when I wrote that this morning, I was wrong. That's not you. Well, that particular song I do 
sing almost the entire thing, but like I'm doing the shouting and I'm doing the high falsetto stuff. And no, it's Dave Castillo, is the singer of the band. So that voice sounds maniacal. I can, <laughs> that sounds great. All right, well, effects yeah, do know. wonderful things. <laughs> I need no, to get scream in. is awesome. I need to get into but that. no, it's it's really like I, I don't uh, assume that you would have known that, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, in, in all transparency, I actually sent a Primitive Weapon song to Daryl. Um, Loved it. To keep Loved us uh, in mind, because I, I, I do have a few fans left in England, so like if, you, if you're going there, maybe. But it was Before probably... Before you lose the last five? One, exactly. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, because I never do that. We were talking about it before, like, that whole thing, and I'm sure before you guys were... I said it at the show, I said, send me, send me, please, send me something. I did send yeah, it to you. No, I'm glad it, you it, fucking it, did. Before you guys were, you know, before you guys got signed to Roadrunner and all the other shit, like, did you ever, did you ever, like, because I remember... Think I, that you'd so be funny, sending like, me an email with your music in it? No, 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 no I did no, no, not no, think no, that no, already. No, no, no. 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 no it's email. okay, it's okay. Because I, yeah, I, there I was, was an email yet, and I didn't think... You were, you, you were little. I remember that, very much so, but, like, but, like, did you ever go... Did you ever go up and ask, like, because before email and whatnot, did you ever go, hey, guys, can we open for you to anybody? Yo, literally. Psalm Majority. You had Psalm Majority. No, no, Mind Over Matter and Psalm Majority. That's it. Only bands ever. Yeah, no, those are the bands. I vaguely remember it. but like, Psalm Majority felt tangible, though. Psalm Majority was like, I feel like I could be a part of that. Well, I think that, you guys, Mind Over Matter was probably gone by you the time advanced. you guys. It was advanced. By that the time you guys Mind Over Matter was good. in like, Europe. You were very real. You were very all very attractive. George is the greatest front man I've ever seen in my life still. When, when you, you guys know. started getting like really, really fucking good was probably around when Sound Majority was... Finishing. Right. The talent. Yeah, the like talent. When, the when they were, when they were, when they were yeah. super popular. Yeah, that yeah. was the end. Yeah, because I, I, I remember you being on the bottom of Bills for a long time. In fact, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Was your first show in Christian McKnight's bedroom? Or that was like living room. second or third show. Second or third. I was at that. First time people moshed. Everyone got on their knees. Yeah, you, were, you got on your knees for a second. And I remember being like, yo, Tommy and Artie were fucking moshing. Everyone was moshing. They were, we everyone was on their knees. Yeah, we arrived. Yeah. In his mom's living room, there's a Christmas tree up. Yep. Oh, what a good time. That was a great night. Yeah, I remember I Dane remember. Life's first show in Christian's basement. It wasn't. No, it wasn't a Christian basement. It was in, a, it was in their practice studio, which could be mistaken as a basement because it was. was it. I was there, I remember. No, yeah, no, I, I was, feel like I was at that, party. too. They were super I'm smart. Sure, I think sure I was at that. I believe you were. Yes. George has a very powerful thing. I, f- I remember wanting to be a, in front of him, watching him do it. I remember, well, yeah, all I remember is Josh DeMarco had a leopard jacket at that time. And and leopard, he had leopard print hair. Yeah. yeah. He used to keep, we heard that he used to keep his dreads. Yes. He when he wanted he to put them back the on. He did. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And no, he yes. actually did put them back on. To put them, to put them back on. To put them back on, yeah. How did, he was Josh. talented. That sucked. He was a little too talented, though. He came... Right? He had... Yeah, what was that? Right? Yeah, you found him not in hardcore. I... Well... <gasps> you found him from the industrial night at the angle. No. Fox no, I did No, he was in Clockwise. He was? He quit wow. Clockwise to be in Mind of a Matter. He was in Clockwise for Boxhead? Yeah. After Boxhead or whatever the yeah, industrial yeah. thing was? Oh, wow. I'm not even remembering that. I don't remember yeah, that. He was a real player. He played like he, like his parents oh, got him insane. lessons. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. one of these guys who like is so talented and doesn't really do that much anymore. You know, so he plays for VOD now, but, you know, he's like, like it's, it's kind of like, I was always bummed, but he's, I love you, Josh, but you're too much of a head case. Anyway. <laughs> Boxhead case. We played, case. um, 
Death Cycle and uh, Drop Dead played the basement of North Six, which is like 70 people packed. With Drop Dead? Yeah, it was us and Drop yeah, Dead. It doesn't get better than Drop Dead. And, uh, you know, Lafada was our drummer, and he talked to Josh, and Josh came down, and he had a jacket down to his knees. He looked like he was like... A leather duster, okay. like he was a school so, shooter. Like like, leather- talking about this, because George will talk about this pretty openly. I lived with George at the time with Day in the Life when they first got signed to TVT and they went on soul, went on all those new metal tours. I remember Which, that. by the way, I toured with more new metal bands than them, but I never wore a fucking pair of Jenkos. Who was that kid, Blunt, that was in that band? <laughs> yeah, Blunt. That kid had the biggest pants ever. Mepham High School. Todd Weinstock and Blunt. You went to Mepham? Yeah, Mepham. Pretty Mepham. Yeah, it was Mepham. With Craig and everybody fucking. Craig, Todd. Oh, Craig was the. Obviously, Craig was in Mepham. <laughs> he only lived like. He right only there. had the best, best teeth in Mepham. He did. He was a good looking kid. But anyway, yeah, uh, dude, that's that's so fun. I didn't know Blunt went to Meth. I didn't know he was a Belmore guy. I'm it's- pretty positive Blunt was a Mepham guy. But those guys always like came out of like music land with like cool guitars. Like we came probably from like garbage guitars and like playing to today. It was and a different then, mindset. It was a totally yeah, different mindset. Yeah, definitely. Not that Blunt wasn't cool. I definitely probably. What I imagine if he picks wanna, up a guitar, a he's probably better than us. Blunt? What happened to Blunt? <laughs> Is it in and of itself an amazing? I know. Game? I think he joined Soulfly for a minute. Like every other person on the planet. Like Roy and everyone else. Like yeah. Roy. Actually, Roy was original. He yeah, was the Roy first drummer. They were lucky to have Roy. He's a beast. He's an animal. Yeah, he's an, he's animal. an animal. I haven't seen him in some years, but I love but him. I want to see him Roy in, in a sick band. I want to see Roy in like... He was in ministry for a minute. He was oh. doing the tour. He did a tour like a year or two ago. Oh, and he did Amoebics for a I went to I went to Chicago Open Air and I saw him uh, play with Snow Sour. And I was... when he was in Shelter? <gasps> yeah, Jesus Christ. Roy was in Shelter and he no. wore a, a long sleeve with 666 on it. No, he didn't. And I'm like... I saw him, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just fucking with Ray. He's like, Porcel thinks it's great. Ray didn't think it was cool. He was in fucking Shelter? He was in Shelter, and I saw him play Irving Plaza. Was he in when Artie was with them for the for the bus, for the, the, the train? Uh, I'm not or the, sure. the van? Brand I brand don't brand? know if he was, we'll have to ask him when he's done pissing. Roy in Shelter kills me. We were at, I think it was Rocket from the Crypt at Coney Island, and then someone was like, yo, Shelter's playing at Irving. So we bounced over, and we knew someone, so we all got in. And I didn't even know he was in the band. And I was like, oh, he must be drum teching. And all of a sudden, the song starts, he's playing. I'm like, what the fuck? Wearing a 666 shirt. Yeah, from nausea in a fucking shelter. And then I saw him like three times. He did a warp tour. And he did, he wasn't long. And Lafada almost got the gig. Lafada told me, he's like, yo, I showed up. He's like, I had a beer with me and I thought they were bummed on it. He's like, but I killed it. He's like, he's like, I walked out all cocky. Like, I got this. He's like, and Roy comes in with his stick bag. And he's like, and I just walked home dejected. Like, I'm done. Uh, I can't. Because that's the only guy Lafada can't yeah, crush. Yeah, of course. is a beast. The yeah. beast. Playing with him for 10 years was an honor. And, um, but, you know, he's like, I was so psyched. I walked out, like, my chest out. He's like, and then Roy came in with a stick bag. And he's like, and I was instantly like, Roy's all right. An animal. Those two dudes hit so hard that it's crushing. Like, you know. John, I already had hearing loss. He made it worse. How do you audition Lafada and Roy? How do you how do you choose between those two guys? How do you do the that? The shelter gig. Lafada thought he had it, and he said, "Yeah, I saw Roy walk what, in." He's like, neither oh, of I, them yeah, should I, be I playing that. Shelter too, and then I thought about it, and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> was you at the same time with Roy? You were like, "I can't drink no. on the." On no, stage? I was like, I was I was standing like with. It was well. It was when uh, Adam from H two O was in the band. And me and Adam were super tight. I I had just toured with them. Um, what error is this? Band accident? No. That was uh, early. No, that, that was... I think that was, that was chicken head error. Yeah, that was early. That was, the band, that was really early, actually. Yeah, um, no, I, I, uh, I toured with them when they did the Typo Negative Christian Death Tour. So oh, that was, Roxy. Which so makes perfect runner. sense yep. that of all bands, Shelter would be playing that show. And you know who Obviously. opened up the show at the Roxy? VOD. Yes. Oh, I knew that. 
And Christian Death broke up that night on stage. Right. They had and a the fist fight. Threw all his merch on. And they, we played I caught that night. Twenty-five sex drugs in Jesus Christ long sleeves. Yeah. They landed in my lap. And I just Wait, but Christian out. Death breaks up on stage. I broke right? on stage. Yeah. So so the yeah yeah so you the drummer. I was in the merch. I was in the merch table. Wait, if Serpico, then that was when the van wreck happened. Then no, it was before that. Oh, I figured that was the. Yeah. Yeah, oh, was... more, more than just that one amazing tour with the Van Rick Evans. So one of the Christian Death guys came back to the mic after they had a fight, a very visible fight. He's like, we just broke up. And he took the entire merch thing and threw it on the crowd. And I caught 25 long sleeves. During typo. Like, he just yeah. walked out. It was fucking stark. Oh, my God. And I saw one on eBay for 100 bucks. Yeah. I only you had those 175 I think the next, the next night was could... at the Long Branch. Uh, where what, what was that called? The Old... Old, Old yeah, Bridge, Birch Hill, Birch Hill, Birch Hill nightclub, Birch Hill nightclub. Yeah, and it, that was that was like the biggest like fucking jabroni. That was worse than Long Island. They, they fucking hated him. So, That's the yeah, type of club where a Motley Crue cover band plays was, with shelter. That yeah. type of right environment. But, but, but we're talking oh, typo. Negative. Oh, typo. Oh, negative's crowd was like, okay, and it was there it is. Same the, thing. the whole thing. Yeah. I've told this story before on and our podcast. But shelter and Christian Death out. No, of course. It was right when Pete Steele did Playgirl. So oh, that's right. So like, that's right. girls from my high school went just because of that. Like I so, remember. so those guys were busy banging. <laughs> to see his sheets. Just there was penis. like a line of girls outside. They got was 15 really minutes of pop big, on the bus, really and we were staying with some like weird, probably pedophiles, <laughs> in like weird fucking places, Christian temples. Oh, dude, yeah, no, the one that Vic, the one what? that Vic went away was at. Yeah. Oh my God, Jesus oh, Christ! Dude. Slept Jesus in a barn. Christ. Yeah, Good oh, luck. it was fucking, it was hysterical. And Peter Steele was with you guys? Yeah, so so that we stayed at this one place in D.C. with this guy, uh, I forget his name, but he was definitely a pedophile. And his fucking, <laughs> like, uh, and this this person named Mother Yamuna, who was Prabhupada's personal secretary during, when he was here. And so she had met John Lennon, and she had met, uh, like, all the Beatles, all the Stones. Like, Ravi. Her stories were incredible. I just sat with her all night, like, just oh, tell me wow. more stories. Wow. It was great. She's also a really famous vegan cook. And she, it was my birthday, so she made me a birthday cake, and, and uh, I brought the birthday cake, I brought a piece for Pete Steele, and Pete, like, like we just, I'm standing at the merch table, and like, Pete, it was my birthday, it was a happy birthday, and I'm like, yeah, cool, and I, and I give him a piece, I give him a piece of cake, he, so he takes a bite, he goes, it's heavenly. <laughs> he said the word heaven in that voice! This is hellish. This he cake is hellish. hellish. But I don't remember. But it was one of those two. But it was still great. Hell. It was hellish. This is hellish. hellish. Yeah, it was hellish. You're right. <laughs> Which like, means I love it. Sammy, we're all like. <laughs> that was at the that was at the Trocadero in Philly. Yep. Yeah, that was fucking hysterical. Anyway, that's amazing. I like Sammy even being in the room with him. Oh yeah, in yeah. Any capacity. Oh no, Sam. Uh, Sam was. Sam was my savior on that tour. That was one of the longest periods I ever went without drinking. Sam's one of two us. Weeks. Sam's one, two wait, weeks. he was Edge, though? Well, Sammy we just wasn't. didn't drink. He wasn't, but we just didn't drink. I no, can't and, and on that fucking tour, when we played in D.C., it's the first time I ever had fucking sushi, and it's the first time I ever had wasabi. And they pulled that trick on me where it was like... Eat all of it, and you get your dick rolls. Oh, oh, yeah, no, put, put a bunch of this on there. <laughs> fucking dicks. Yeah, anyway. That was, that was fun, but it was a, it was a very uh, sort of life experience learning type yeah. situation where you're kind of like okay these guys are fucking insane and <laughs> oh my god you're like, a tour with shelter and type on the, dude on crazy tours that you're just like well okay these people are crazy am i crazy i don't know if i'm crazy like I, you know you're a like, different kind of crazy do you remember oh, yeah. the nickname conversation in the back of the van 
No. Oh my god. All right. Would you share a van? <laughs> so, How many vans were in the van? No, it was just we. It was, it was just I had my. The they they basically there. rented my van. Yeah. The reason I went on it's because I had a van. Yeah. And I could go for fifty dollars a day, and do merch and drive. So that yeah. was that my works. job. Okay. And then play incessantly play the Smiths. Yes. That <laughs> yes. We were in the. Back, that would have made me quit. We were in the back of the van. Or, Fuck that. <laughs> or maybe Touring's we not Graham's miserable house. enough. That was I gotta get Morrissey all day. Remember we stayed at Graham's house. Yeah, yeah. And this is where the nickname conversation. Like where the sushi happened. incident happened. Yeah. That's so worse like, than being a Christian. Hey, when you guys were in high school, did you ever have like a nickname? Like, and 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 you said something like kids used to call you Artie Farty. Yeah. And John said something about people making fun of his nose. And Ray was like, I can't. He's like, yeah, they used to call me Gay Crapo. And they're like, <laughs> they're, like, they're, like <laughs> they're like, Mike, what did they call you? I was like, Mike D. <laughs> You what have an you have an incredible memory. I don't remember any of this. It's amazing. I don't know what it. But that's one of my favorite. Yeah, crap. And what they used to call you, Mike D. That's That was one of my big memories. Oh, thank you for sitting in on that. That was that was okay. genius. I wish I named my uh, I wish I named our episodes the way George does. I, I they would be, my, could definitely be called Gay Crapo. Gay Crapo. Yeah, that's. I might just fun. change the whole podcast and name to Gay Crapo. Denies it. It definitely happened. I have a fucking awesome memory. Oh, I, I wouldn't tell. I doubt Why in the world exactly. did Youth of Today, that side band, not <laughs> call himself Gay Crapo, the lead singer? Man, right. they should have yeah. had an album called so Gay Crapo. So fucking hard. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this was Sorry, an interview with Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw fame and Head Automatica. And oh yeah, we didn't even talk about. Are you doing a, you doing the color film still? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah it's a a color film. Right? Put a record out yeah. on Epitaph. Haven't played. Shows oh, just put a, we just put a record out on Epitaph. It's cool. Probably, no biggie. I don't know how many. You know, sold 15, 20 copies. And, uh, I mean, that's that's gold these days. So don't is, worry about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sell wood in the hood. That's <laughs> um, yeah, doing that. When show offers happen, we do it. Uh, Glassjaw Records taking a lot of energy recently. Does Dan the Automator still take your phone calls? <laughs> I don't call Dan the Automator. <laughs> Come on! He was the type of dude that walked around being like, "I make platinum records," like just saying that like every few. Did hours. he have a lisp? You just oh, you God. just put a lisp on him. He was the ill lisp. <laughs> I love that you actually put a lisp on it. We don't know. No, what I just make platinum records. God. Yeah, you don't even know. And that lets you know I'm trying to let you know that. The <laughs> that was, you made it clear. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mission well. accomplished. No, he, oh, he's in Gorillas, isn't he? Out, no, not for a while. I think Damon didn't want him back after the first record. He probably made a exactly decent amount of money on that one, though. Probably did good. I think he yeah. bought a crib. I think, I, I think we used to stay at this crib that he had, and I think that he bought it with the Gorillas, that one single from that first record. That's always huge. Yeah, definitely. That had I think to pay some out. shit went down. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's sort of the dream. In a lot of ways, I, I, when I think back to my major label time and, like, all that shit, like, uh, it was, like, I, in a lot of ways, and I hate to say this, but it's the fucking truth, I wish I had sold out a little bit harder. If, well, if you're going to sell out, the do world it right. I was or in, just that one the, Just don't or do that it right. Just that, that one shitty just that new metal riff yeah, you where I just give in a little bit. Just not, you know, right. and I always said, like, when, when, when during that time, I always had Ian Mackay on my shoulder. 
you know, it'd be like, it'd be like <laughs> I, I just recorded, there. I just recorded with Jay Robbins and I brought this up and I was like, and I'm just like, like yeah, like, you know what? Fuck that guy because he ruined any money I could have made. No, he because he was like, no, he no, was on a no, lot no. of our shows. What are you doing, dickhead? Right. What are you doing? Yeah, that's stop right. it. Don't write the. Don't play in drop B. That's right. Don't do that. Fugazi stopping, it, stopping because kids were like moshing when we were young, like oh, yeah. kind of being yes. like, all right, I get what I get what he's putting down here, but like kind of looking back in retrospect. I think at was, the driving doing was it was on, worse, but uh, yeah, it, more, yeah, that's more <laughs> And he was like on our shoulder the whole time. Totally. You know. Yeah. No. He was totally. I was like signing the contract, going like, you fucking. I had the worst punk rock guilt. The worst. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy myself. I enjoyed myself I enjoyed quite myself a bit. I spent $600,000 on a record that hardly anybody heard, and it was fun as shit. But, yes. God damn it, I could have had more fun. Yeah, right. Like, Like, my management. It would have like, changed your writing. It would have changed the whole outlook. I would just, dude. feel so of that, like, I felt Catholic like, guilt. And looking like back, I could have done it. Table. I just feel, I feel strongly yeah. that I could have just written that shitty new metal song. <laughs> that one. Gone on tour with Corn and Chevelle for the rest of my life. And you could have been Benjamin. DIY the rest of your life to make up for it, and you could have been rich at the same time. Yeah, right. like Chevelle. Like what? I mean, I mean, what? Are, what are they sound like like Tool. Who the fuck? They, well, they it's, low, it's low rent Tool. Well, Tool low puts out a record tool. every ten yeah. years, so I mean, there should be a low rent glass show because you guys put out a record every ten years. Ooh, yeah. Oh, but all the low, the low rent glass shows become like the platinum. They, they have something figured out. Who ripped low, you off? Come on, let's hear it. I don't know if anybody like ripped us off for real, but definitely maybe like a vibe. I don't know, maybe a vibe. But that same vibe is you know the vibe you made up. You and Wally made up a vibe. And I, you, no, Wally, Wally Gavin, made up the vibe. I didn't you, do anything. No, you Trust did. Me. You did. Your guitar playing was far off. If, I, if I'm going to worship and tribute Wally, somebody that I give it to. But yeah. It, <laughs> no, you, you, Wally, Gavin, you guys made a thing up. Maybe yeah, it doesn't. You sound know what? Like Glass show. You know what? Glass show was. Yeah, Glass show. This it. is the thing. Glass show was fucking great at. Canceling tours and getting more popular. Ooh, that worked out good. Thank God I was yeah. sick. I remember. Thank God I was sick. I remember what being. A I, remember, I was oh, touring you. in England when you were on the cover of Kerrang from your hospital bed, and, and that was when. Well, that's when Ashley Bird was the editor, hey, and he was him. Ashley. Oh, he's a massive glass show. He was his favorite band. Good guy. Yeah, I, I went Wonderful. to his birthday party. I was in England for like a day, and I went to this guy's birthday party. I'm Great like, dude. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know Glassjaw? Yeah. Actually, I do. Can we be friends? Cool. Don't you have a magazine where like the Foo Fighters hang out with you, dudes? What do you care about the fucking uh, he, some band from uh, he uh, cared a lot. Doctor Bikes, Skateboard na- Madness, or whatever. <laughs> and it was nice. It was like it was one of my first experiences that I had overseas, where 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 our entire scene was sort of like had been elevated by what you guys had done, especially in England. Which you know, from you guys talking in the interviews and all that shit, which you're really good at doing. We can't move on. Just need to keep talking about you and George till I'm dead. You, George, Gavin, and Walter. But if that still inspires you, then there's no need. Because you you push it and evolve within that paradigm. Always. You know what? Because I'm thinking of things like I'm constantly thinking of things. If I pick up a guitar and I'm like, I want to write a riff. Or if I feel this moshy thing and I'm like, let me get that little riff tape little bit down. It's always kind of being held up to this vision of you being far old, far cooler and a little bit older and what would you have done or like a Gavin have done. So if ever I have an idea, I do still, you're still the litmus test. Definitely. Yeah, and it blows my mind that to be as young as I was and as young as you were, you were still doing things that were so monumentally mature and different and avant-garde and sonically so different in the recording. That's the thing in different. hindsight that does impress it's genius. me. genius. From yeah. the level of genius to the level... I the impr- that is, even looking back, that's what does impress me. you don't get paid for those sorts of things. Hey, we don't. We but it is do, impressive right? because it's 25 years later and you listen back and the ideas, even if they weren't fully evolved yet in your head, 
it's a, it is incredible. And that's like part the, of the idea, not being fully evolved, well, is even I, part yeah, of it. It's, that's improvisational, the, loose, yes. crazy. I it it brings the, those, I very those much twists so and turns, like, and it keeps that edge on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trying that's, to play that's above, inspiring. It's kind of trying to play that above your station. Enough. Basically, was the idea behind it. Where it's like I wasn't good enough to do what was in my head. And that's why I surrounded myself with people who were always better than me. So it was like Josh DeMarco is a good example. When I asked him to be a matter of matter, the reason I needed him was because what was going on in my head, I couldn't do. Yeah, but guys like that need to learn from guys like you. I well, mean, despite, there's a maybe you're not a scale. There's, there's a balance. Is, there is an yeah. ebb and flow to the force yeah. at all times. There's checks and balances. Definitely. Exactly. But it needs you. I mean, it needs you. You're right. The well, there's always, a, there's always a catalyst. Two dudes that are this weird impetus of like, I want to yell like this. I don't know. I, I talked to Josh. I said it on his podcast. I was like, what do you... Why did you yell like that? What is it? That you just hit one note for 15 years. What made you do that? George's it's, phrasing and flow is like know. nothing I've ever heard even Never. still. Well, Never. it's a bit influenced I, by hip hop. It's, it's, it's a combination of hip hop and Walter's influence of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that sort of that groove. And George also like, you know, like as much as he won't talk about it, he was the first member of SIB. Yeah, I knew that. He was a straight-up oh, skinhead. Uh, well, yeah, right. I saw Damian Marley's last night. Who was going to go into the army? And like he, he, he was going to go into the military. Every bad song ever. The highest speed lyrics flashing. He knows all those. He was yeah, a yeah. Oh yeah. He Big knew time. Graffiti. He knew rap. George was the coolest. He was, he's yeah. a, he's a universal love. That guy. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. he he truly is, and he always was. I think it took him a difficult teenage life. Like we, me and him became really super fucking close about a year into Mind Over Matter, and when he started drinking. Like when he stopped being straight edge, and I kind of took the blame for getting him into the alcohol thing. But well, yeah. But then we both found Jane's addiction, and it was like. Well, that's I hear that in everything he does. Definitely. Right. Intensely, but you don't connect that when you just tried to make believe you stopped listening to Jane's two years earlier. And, and the you're going to see Mind Over Matter, and you're like, "Fuck Jane's! That, they, what is he ripping? What is he pulling this?" But from? the but music's so different than Jane's that you don't like, connect it. But there's people. There's people who right. who are uh, technically talented so like i can sing my ass off like yes, i can, can sing anything yes, can. do anything but a guy like george his talent really lied in doing something original with what he had and also just like being compelled to write and the like he's so him on stage and his charisma is like you couldn't get two dudes that kind of maintain charisma in the room they're in regardless if you knew those right, people before you went on stage it was the two that, that shit so but that shit developed over time oh, and that yeah, you yeah, yeah. like but from day one, that band what what you could tell when you watched was what good friends we were you know it was like like it eventually like i mean scott and i were originally the the closest but scott went to school and life changed and like you know, he was very dead set on becoming a teacher and doing all this other shit. You know, obviously in the beginning, I don't know if you ever saw us play with Ed. Probably not. I'm not sure. No, I don't think I, I did. Saw Ed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I like did. Soldier Unknown. Was Ed, right Ed before you were coming. Ed and I were probably right, the closest yeah. friends at the time until we threw him out, and then of course that, you know, kind of, well, he took it well. He's a he's an awesome guy, and uh, and, it and obviously Eddie and, to make one million dollars. Yes, elsewhere, uh, and that's okay. <laughs> I love you, Eddie. And then complain a lot on Facebook, yeah. That's yeah, okay. God bless you. God bless you and your million dollars. I love you so much. <laughs> What's up, man? But, uh, but, but yeah. George's vocal patterns, to this day, I've never heard anyone approach a song. Like, no, I, if I listen to a Minor Matter song before he comes in, I could have a thousand takes, and I would never come up with what he comes up with. No. He said to me something, too, uh, on that tip. He said, I was like, yeah, I just really just loved it. I just loved it. Everything you said, I, it was really general, and it sounded like modern art. Like, the... The band sounded like 
meta this metallic, odd, industrial, modern art sculpture, especially on auto manipulation, obviously. Uh, right, I just yeah. wanted to write a Voivod record, but uh, I wasn't good enough to do it. So. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like that to me at all. I would never it's, have thought but that. But the ripping, it's, no, it's a noise it's rock. An no, it's a noise it's rock record. It's noisy yeah. in the most it's a noise beautiful, rock albinied yeah. out sort yeah. of like uh, Barton, Martin, Martin B.C. Steve Albini, incredible. That era, it nails it. The most amazing avant-garde shit. It captured the I, energy of you guys live, too. Beyond. Oh, because it sounds like you important. fucking did it live. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wish we had done it to a click track, but yeah, I mean, we did do it live. It was all done live. And I said to George, and Lafaro's a metronome, so you don't have to worry. Well, he's yeah, he, no, he's not. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he was. Well, he is now. But maybe that's what made it. He wasn't he then. He said, "Maybe that's what made it sound so fucking nuts." Was that sort of free feeling? I mean, those drums are fucking insane. That drum sound is like yeah. One I mean, it was recorded in a fucking warehouse. It's nuts. Yeah. It was. It was a crazy experience. But they, you know, and I, I actually live right around the corner from his studio now. Is he still? Is he still? Is he still there? He's yeah, still he's still there. He doesn't produce that much. He's actually having his 35th anniversary of the studio here. In a couple weeks, um, who's playing? Old Skull. Um, no, Old Skull. But, those three kids who. All but it's no, but like members of like yeah, it's like a yeah. I mean, I could look it up. It's not Old Skull. Two of those three kids are dead. They no. were like the eight-year-old punk kids. Wait, those kids died. Two of them are dead. Yeah, I saw them open for Gore when they were like nine years old, and Gore was still kind of more of like a punk band. They were like skateboarding off the tour bus. Two of those. Yeah, That's two of those two guys are definitely dead. They all they all lived hard. They all popped off. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know. Well, you know, George's sort of lyric. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you, I, I get that, and and I think it's like storytelling. You know, like I think more but than, in a different I, way than Tommy I did. hear the Tommy, I hear the Tommy Cargan influence so much in you, and but like what one thing I've never talked to you about is a band that I didn't like until recently, which I'll openly admit is the Deftones, and. You know, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I'm i pretty sure that that would have been a huge influence on I still on don't get it, personally. It was an it's, influence for a minute, but I think that it more, I think that, like, kind of, like, hearing those sort of, like, really simple, Drop D has that simple thing. I know you wrote in Drop D for years, too. I know you, I, I remember learning things you would write, and, like, trying to wrap my head around you approaching Drop D as a writer. Right. That was huge for me when well, I was, like, Well, I mean, 20, when, I, when I played with Walter... The, He's very droppy. Well, but but he also. taught me how to do things that I would have never known. It was like we we did a Airtap Eleven reunion with a different guitar player a couple of years ago, and he's like, I can't. This guy's incredible. And he was just like, I can't figure out what the fuck you're doing. And I was like, This is what I'm doing. And I showed him, and it was something that Walter used to do with a lot of open. Like the the guitar players from Sound Majority actually were the first to show me this, but it was after I had played with Walter, so so I kind of already knew. But they. They were so big on the idea of open strings. Yeah, tons of open strings. So, like, you Us know, too. I mean, that's constant. Right. You, you notice there's a lot of tunes that are sort of like stay in this sort of, you, there's a specific sort of configuration you're playing in the first like three frets where you can still maintain. Right. You know, so, what I do now, I play, just, you know. I play in Dadgad tuned down a full step. So, I, I, I actually, yeah, I only play in open tunings. I couldn't hear that. So, so like, which limits you in a way. Um, on a on a like a, at least like if you, you everything turns into being in the same key, but at the same time like you, your voicings and your phrasings are completely different, and it's fucking cool as shit. Like it's it's something that like has kind of developed over time. But Walter was really the guy who showed me this sort of weird way. I don't know where he got it from. I don't. I doubt he invented it. He probably got it from somebody too. His shit is very Daisy Chainsaw, drop the weird open with like those blood, my bloody Valentine. You would find these like discordant, yeah, big my open discordant. Definitely, it was yeah. really interesting. That would be like, my first 
Yeah, I mean, like, like if you want to, you want to talk like standard drop D, we talk helmet, right? So helmet. Oh, yeah. that's just like power chord drop. Right. D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like what absolutely. Walter was doing was totally different. Totally fucking Definitely. different. All opens, all big yeah. opens. That was sort Super of that's like Bad Brains quickness has a bunch of that sort of like big. You play yeah. all those opens when you're fucking around for a second, third frets and D. You get that that Egyptian-y, Mixolydian, Lydian yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. ringing all, Gavin. Fr- Phrygian. Oh, Phrygian's the most thing. <laughs> it's very Phrygian. It's very, it's very Phrygian. But, no, that's very Gavin-y. That's a thing that I think you guys kind of did. I think you guys put well, that Gavin into Gavin was playing head. straight jazz chords, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it was Burn was a fucking crazy band back then. Like, you'd just oh, yeah. be like, what? The first time I saw Gavin play guitar was the first time... I came from metal before I got the hardcore book. It was the first time I watched a guy play guitar, and I literally didn't know what was happening. Yeah, totally. I couldn't even awesome. make sense of the sound... And where his fingers were, and I don't play guitar, but I was like enough to like I've been watching forever. I was like, no, I don't know what it's he's different. doing. Very I literally didn't know what he was doing, and then Chaka put the groove in it along with the rhythm, and it, it was immediately like, this is yeah. in the hardcore umbrella, but it just blew yeah. it. It blew it open. No, definitely. It blew it open. There's a handful of dudes that definitely could that heard that. Like you saying what you kind of heard from Wally's like hand, like that's a. You and well, I was playing. With, I was playing with him. I was oh, watching totally. him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'd be like, "What is that?" And he'd show me what he was playing. And like, because in World's Fastest Car, I played bass one minute, guitar the next, bass the next minute, because it was just so fucking chaotic. But like, you know, I, like what I learned from that was just insane. Like, you know, I I I I recently did a podcast where I said I. I I, in lieu of going to college, I went to the University of Wally. <laughs> I went to Wally U, and it, you know, like that taught me so much about songwriting and everything. I mean, for right out of the out of the gate with Aerotype, I was all, immediately writing better songs, and my voice wasn't quite there. But like, you know, it's it's uh, it's funny. Like, listen, because we just did two shows in California, and 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 like that was wild to me. You know, it's like like having to relearn all that shit and be like, oh yeah, cool man, yeah. I don't know. It's a uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. Like I used to do that with Chris Trainer too. Chris Trainer when Fountainhead would play he's at the Angle, sick he's incredible. Such an like it, it, the, I would watch Fountainhead play it. He every fucking song he had some chord I'd never seen before, that and I'd, I'd I'd memorize what he was playing. I'd go home and I'd write a song around it. Totally, and not this. It, I mean, Schiff. I wouldn't put Schiff next to per se Fountainhead might matter, but definitely. Josh, well, no, no, no. Josh I mean, had that concept. Schiff was better than Fountainhead for sure, but like. <laughs> well, in terms, oh no, in real songwriting, absolutely, yeah. and in Josh's. But there were weird open, ideas. Weird ideas, yeah, yeah, bugged out ideas. Well, Josh yeah, is another exactly. person who bugged was really taking heavily, obviously, from Quicksand, yeah, but totally. but turning it into his own thing, and you know, Being like open I, all that shit, all those open notes. That's a very distinct thing. You can't. Yeah. It's such a New York thing to be to have that, dun, dun, like all this, you know. Yeah. And it's all in the up. It's just all the. It's all yeah, the up. Yeah, all the up. Hip hop break with this fucking all those open strings. To this day, I still like most of my songs start on an end. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, yeah. like you, you know, I mean, I guess Chris gets it, but like I'll, I'll play with drummers who would. Don't get it. Nah, it's like the funk. That's it's the on the end, dude. Come like, on, yeah. Every, yeah, it's, it's just that hop. Yeah. yeah, that's that very. It's almost like this thing in New York, like where no matter how noisy or avant-garde you get, you have people out of New York kind of always feeling like they can't put their finger on this X factor. It's like it's the X factor that you would never want to admit you care about the hip hop part. Like it is yeah. this. There is groovy, a weird. There is this funky. Like, you know what there is? Everything There's a post-hardcore slash hip hop thing no, that, that doesn't ever get labeled. But that's if right. you grew up on our stuff. Those things were part of the 
it was oh, part of what made. It's in the background. Made. It's constantly yeah. in the background. It's completely yeah. there. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. we all instinctively grab onto it. And quicksand well, is no, like quicksand is the catalyst of all. And of it. quicksand was the yeah yeah without a question. I mean without the funkiest. Grooviest, yeah, and then take the groove chords. away a little and make it more abstract was like more what Gavin was doing. And Artie, without the rhythm so Gavin section, Gavin and Artie took it and brought it into a place. Well, of like, I mean, wow, yeah, Don was sixteen. He took it noisier though. Well, like, so I heard like so Derosis and Voivod and weird shit like that. You were triad guy. You had the big triad. But yeah, I heard Derosis and Voivod. You guys, I didn't hear that in the other people. I felt well. I felt like when Gavin got to Don sixteen, Gavin was less noisy with Coop. Yeah, yeah, that was that's when the noise rock kicked in. God. Yeah. It was well, like he knew how to do things he wasn't supposed to even right. understand. Well, he didn't even know kick but he could, he he was, but he could already yes. do it. Look, listen, he didn't know still, he could already All right, all right. You really like, still suit. Did it. Still suit was a band that between Orlando and Manny. Jesus Christ. Like those two guys were doing things that were Sonic so jazzy, beyond uh, yeah. anything. I mean, they, they 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 it was like if the same way that we interpreted quicksand, they interpreted burn. But they did it in right. a way that was exactly. fucking crazy. Changed and like, life. I mean, to this day, Forever. I still call Orlando the wizard. The wizard. Like, I mean, <laughs> those guys, the, the notes those guys were choosing to play between each other, where the Dimmy was putting the beats, all of it, you know, like, and, and, you know, then you got Firecracker Julian. It's like, we're trying to get them to play. So Aerotype's doing a reunion uh, in September here, and we're trying to get Still Suit to do it. I mean, they already said uh, yes, but oh it's... Oh, my God. They did? Yeah, but, but it's, it, might just be, it might just be a couple of songs. <laughs> oh, mother... They think that they can only get that shit together, but... What, did you I do mean, a 15-minute set? text Manny right I now. I don't know. Beg him to make that happen. He might not even know. <laughs> they probably... I'll tell you, you know what it was? Julian and, Julian and Orlando said yes. Manny is home literally playing Call of Duty. Doesn't know they said yeah. yes. But Watching all his VHS it, tapes. But I will say he'll he'll sure. he will learn them from the VHS tape. Coney Island High VHS tapes. The, uh, the I would bang. love to see that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, so, I mean, I didn't mean to le- let the cat out of the bag on that one. It, not that, well, all the people the, love Dan Loker. There's probably, yeah, 100 people that are, would give a shit. That, <laughs> and and out of those people that are actually person, listening to this, we got three. <laughs> Daryl's one of them. So, <laughs> um, we covered it all just now. You just covered all the things that changed the universe for me, definitely. It's, I mean, pew. I hope you you knew it at the time, right? That was all special sounds. I, I mean, I don't know what I knew at the time. You know, what 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 justified my existence at that time was when Walter plucked me out of Mind of Matter, and I was just like, okay, so the singer of my favorite band. I was on the right path the whole time. You should have been thinking there was a reason why he plucked you. Right, and, and like you were writing and, and he said, but he said music. that he's you know well, I mean, you know, he was like, you play right, you look right, like this is what I want to do, and all right, cool, man, you know. So, so even like, though you were rough around the edges, though, he he of course had that gift to see. I wasn't good, rough around the edges, but, uh, no. musically, I was sure. That's what I mean, musically. He was beautiful. You were rough around the edges <laughs> musically, but he saw how it would fit in his world. Yeah, uh, and then he took he your did. world and he's a Marcy guy too. You don't think he knew that he looked exactly like Boz Borer at that point? <laughs> you had that ill fucking pomp. He was yeah. like, I want. This. Without this, the without total the, package, I want a bunch of soccer, a bunch of uh, fucking football hooligans to make my. Oh, totally, yeah. Games. If you watch the, the videos from us from Japan, it's no, fucking it's hysterical. I know those videos in and out. They're perfect, it, but uh, <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, it's a it, you know like that for me. That was like one of those validating moments, and I'm sure you've had a ton of them with the amount of people that you've played with that are fucking incredible. You know, like I, I, I know with you, I get them. When no, you hug me goodbye, you. and you're like, yo, it. man. No, really. I mean, those are the ones that matter the most. Who matter? What about a pop punk band? Yeah, I met some pop punk band from Illinois, and the dude is like, I really love the first Last Show record. No, that's when you hug me, Art. Come on, no, that's not true. 
the, uh, make friends from Italy and when I make friends with Artie. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would only imagine the, uh, like, the punishment that you receive. <laughs> well, you guys are going to England soon, right? And doing speaking of Brixton, punish, right? Speaking of intense punishment. Is that a good yes, segue? We are That's going a good segue, right? Yeah. You're going to say, all right, so, so one of the, when, during my heyday of touring over there, the number one t shirt in the crowd, Gosh, y'all. Good. That means at least they know we're connected. So I don't the number to, one yeah. tattoo. <laughs> Glass show. It'd just be like, you know, I'd be standing at the merch table selling stuff, and it'd be like, somebody would like walk up and like, hey, can I get that? Or like, oh, hey, you got a glass show tattoo. You know, I'm from Long Island. You should buy my stuff. That's why they're there. I know those guys. I know them. I'm cool too. I'm cool too. Yeah, come on, just hang out. The singer swears he knows you, uh, Artie. <laughs> I mean, I know him a little bit. He's a little. No. Bit. He's a young guy. He's a young guy. But yeah, so you guys, what's uh, what's yeah. the plan moving forward? Like, uh, yeah, what are you doing? The record's you guys, out for a few months. Now. Another, you're gonna be sixty by the time the next record comes out. Easily and, sixty. Yeah. Uh, we're going to London. Got a bunch of shows in August. Mm. Are you doing like the festival scenes? Trying little festivals, couple. Here make some money. Yeah. Do that shit. Yeah, some festivals. Consolidate. Doing Brixton Academy. I played there once. Really? Doing Brixton Academy. Yeah. Best wow. VIP section in the world. Oh yeah, very nice. Very Looks nice. out over the crowd and to Who the stage. Who did you play there with? It must have been. Amazing. I opened for Stained. Yikes! Instruction? Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That yeah. Huge but I saw Jane's Addiction on Halloween there. I saw a lot of good shows. I saw The Darkness open for Def Leppard there. That was fucking killer. But the, uh, I saw Biffy Claro's <laughs> uh, record release show huge. for Puzzle. Huge. I saw like, like uh, but I always was always able to get VIP, and like that VIP section rules. It's got its own bar. Yeah. It's free. And it's, it's big, wide open. And it's got just—it's like—it's like looking at a, you're at an airport and you're looking out at the airplanes, except you're fucking looking at a show. It's so cool. That's a great spot. Great story. Uh, it's playing a show with Stained, right? Don't Sounds hold it against so me. Far. Well, we had just done Reading and Leeds, which was like, oh, maybe it was Download. <laughs> I can't remember which one we did. Anyway, so like I had had this massive weekend and it was so awesome. And we played with Stained and Stained, the you know they were like, they were like, I know, I, we were on this we. So the president of Geffen at the time was the manager of like Limp Bizkit and all those fucking bands. Oh, wow. It was the height of those bands too, right? Yes. So so we fucking we like I gotta piss so bad, but like the so so like all right. So I don't know if you remember, but so the the backstage is you're upstairs in the backstage, right? And it's like you can watch people online outside. And oh throw yeah. Shit at oh yeah, yeah. Totally. So so fucking the back to the VIP section. The doors here stains stains fucking. Door is here for the. Uh, there's a bodyguard standing outside of Stain's door, right? And I'm like, and I walk up and I see I see Jordan, uh, the president of Geffen, he's in there and blah, blah blah. And like I think Tom DeLong from Blink 182 was there as well, fucking you know, alien weirdo. Yeah. And fucking so I'm just like. <laughs> I enjoy him. I'm just like I'm like yo, I'm just going through there and he's like nah. I'm like dude, it's like right there. It's late five feet away. He's like nah. I was like I know all these people. I'm in the band that opened. I'm on label mates. So, nah. Oh, God. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh. And I start screaming, like, Jordan, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? It's like, it's like just ignoring me. I'm like, wow. I he had to walk you. down into the crowd and up and all around. Yeah. Fuck you, Stain. You suck. Oh, <laughs> my God. Just ignore him. 
They well, sucked before that story. You know now what? They, they, suck they even worse. really were not good before the story. No, that's and why now I, the story is like forget it. There's no way no, you're gonna. No, that's look every douchey fucking thing that yeah. makes you despise that next level. Or any band where the singer for like a single takes an acoustic guitar and the single is like him doing it. No. That right? That's the height like, of pretense and garbage. Oh, oh my god. Even if you are talented, like spare yeah, me. Even, yeah, please spare me. You have a band yeah. to do that for you. And you don't even Ego stroking. Dude. Oh my, my fucking god. So bad. That's a horrible story. As I hate that story. As if yeah. I didn't not like Stained as it is. No, but if you know, if something horrible happens to that guy, now I can laugh. Now I can be like, oh, God, he was the key. Well, he didn't let Artie piss, and I look up to Artie, so I don't know what to say. Wait, what was their hit? What was the stained, stained hit? What was it? What was the stained hit, Artie? You know. It's been a while. Oh, God, that's... It's been a while. Oh, my God, that's a bad... Oh, can I have one? That's like a Creed threw up. Can I have a beer with you? No, no, I'm going to have a beer with, with Artie real fast. With my straight edge friends, I'm gonna have this game. I'll drink the water. I'll be the straight edge guy in this. Who's the shittiest what? Oh, the shittiest guy I met? Uh, Jared Leto isn't exactly the friendliest person He's I've got toured a with. Penis, though. I heard he has a huge penis. I did hear that. Thank you. I Slow down on the water, Ron. I- I'm raging. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Ron, so it's getting up. a little crazy. Ron's so excited. He's I, on his fourth bottle of water. Yeah, okay, I'm so, just, so I'm parched. Yeah, my my worst is Fieldy from Corn. Total no. douche. What? Let's get Beck in here, man. Beck's got to have a fucking good douchebag celebrity story. Everything yeah. he says is funny. Why is he? Yeah, it's, 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 he's the king of the one-liners. You're saying all this good stuff. You're talking. So you're holding court right now, and you're not on microphone. Come on. You're saying so much, probably. We're talking shit, shit on people. You gotta really have. You not in our scene, today. like in the real music. I want to know. I want to know who the biggest dick. Who's who who's treated the big, you like? Who was the biggest dick? Total shit. He will answer. He will answer this question. Justin has no problem answering it. The biggest dick we've ever met. Yeah, like, as a famous guy, do we know any famous dicks? Besides Artie? <laughs> Besides the best guitar player in the room? <laughs> well, he just told a good one about the guy from Stain that in the was music pretty world, ridiculous. Pro- so. What did this guy from Stain do? He didn't let him piss. And it, no, it, no, I was trying to get to the VIP room in Brixton Academy. and the, the, his After he opened. Wouldn't let me walk five feet to the door. He played the show, There's, though. Yeah, but I played the show. That's yeah. unacceptable. Opening band. So, like, who's your... So, like, well, you, I know you have yeah. somebody. Prefacing this though, Justin, he'll you'll be the biggest dick if you didn't even put. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was gonna if say, you put one, if you, you shorted him myself. one Splenda, you are the dick. It could be Artie. Yes. For all we know, he could say you were me at this point in this room, Artie. It's gonna be me retorting. <laughs> I know you have somebody. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm thinking of a band you told me some things lately. Come on. Are, I don't want to say toured, it. You've toured with some fucking shitty-ass jerk-off bands, especially back in the early 2000s. Every band we've ever toured with, with the exception of like three bands, were jerk-off shitty bands. See, on, on, a, on a bands of bands, like tough, tough scenario? Yeah, yes. On like a tour like, hazy? Like, yes, give it to me. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Pussies, you don't know shit. Yes. I want to say it was the band... But it was a guy who I respect in, in my older age. It was it was the Deftones. We were playing in Texas, and it was uh, their road manager Eddie Kershaw, who actually like was on the bus literally with Cliff or Metallica, like old school motherfucker. Oh damn! Yes, he was and very real. He was on the bus. We with played Cliff some big place in, away. I think in Dallas, like massive joint, and there's like dress rooms everywhere. Like every dress room had a fucking shower, X Y Z, like big ass shit. 
And we're in the smallest closet that happens to have a shower, which was qualified as our dressing room. And we'd be on Humble. It was fucking awesome. And it was like the one day, because we don't do shit. It was the one day we got gully. And the definition of gully, uh, we took on our rider. But we didn't know how to tour yet. We, we, were, we didn't know the lessons yet. So we, we got a little salami. crazy, maybe. We had salami and cheese. Like, and it was like a basic like, deli platter. And I think we put a piece of cheese on one of the light bulbs. No, we like, threw it. Somebody threw it. No, Somebody threw a piece of cheese. On the light bulb. <laughs> All right. And like that was it. Like that was us getting extreme. And we're like, we're loading up. And then like 20 minutes later, Gibby's like, dude, toys over. I'm fucking. We're going home. What the fuck is going you on? fucking threw a piece this of bologna on the light bulb. This guy, Eddie Kirscher, comes out who's like, don't fuck with him. Like, just like road dog. I guy. was on the bus when Cliff he, Burton passed away. You don't he, fucking put cheese on that light bulb. Like, if you remember in the, in the phone and the bar, <laughs> that's not going over The again. fucking main guy with the fucking Fu Manchu who like heads up the serpent cult, he looks like that dude. He comes out of that town. Lil Pam came out. Because they their shower broke, they had to use our fucking room. And more or less went into our thing, saw the two pieces of salami and cheese on the fucking light bulb cooking, and like threatened to kick us off the tour. That's fucked up you would do that. You should never do something like that. But it was kind of (laughs) good. I thought it was thrown in in like a let's just be crazy, we're all virgins. No, it's been. I was kind of hoping you were like, yeah, one time we met fucking the guy from, uh, I don't know, Blink 182, and he fucking gave us the finger, and I fucking. I mean, me and Artie verbally rape Mike Portnoy every week on this thing. He, te- wait, Portnoy? Mike, Mike Portnoy. Portnoy, we despise him. She just you- gave it to him. He gave it to Portnoy recently. Oh, did you? Tom Capone kicked Artie <laughs> Philly down a flight of stairs. This is a very contested story. Yeah, it's a good story. There's, there's a lot of theories on this. There's like yeah, a conspiracy like, theory Artie, almost. Artie doesn't remember it this way. Um, oh, fuck. Because the way I We're tell the story is that... We're about to get straightened out. Is it the... Is it the... Diddy Their stage tech grabbed... So basically he was stage diving at Coney Island in Leipzig, Germany. And... And he gets thrown up and he hits Walter's microphone stand. So Walter does, you know, the Wally to the right. Microphone stand misses him. The tech comes out, grabs Artie by the throat, drags him. Tom stops playing, starts kicking him like really hard. And then they both throw him down the stairs where we're all standing watching. Wait, Wally too? Yeah. No, 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 Walter. Walter oh, was singing. Sh- He's busy. You just he made it sound like anyway. for a but second like, that Walter was part of this age-old story. And this is before, no. obviously this is before I played with him. Like, like this was Mind Over Matter and Bad Trip. We were actually both on that tour. It was a double duty for me. But like fucking, I, I was like, we were all just kind of like, and we all left, kind of disgusted. But Artie said that there was no throat grabbing, and he said that he doesn't remember Tom doing that. And I was just like, all right, cool, whatever. I, I, but I mean, we all watched it. So. I never heard it. <laughs> oh, it's very much. I mean, I, I, I was, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I'll trust Artie's opinion a little bit more just because he was sober and I definitely wasn't. But no, that's know. why he's lying. But I've heard that from ten it people, didn't and it never. It never. Artie's version never happened. came. It never came to me that way. I always heard of the rough yeah. version. Stop it. That's very cute. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, can you so clarify salami, something that's, it, that's all you got is the fucking salami and cheese on a fucking light. Mike Portnoy. You tell it like it no, wasn't anyone what's I what's know. What's the Mike Portnoy story? I needed you he's here. Well, there's two ones. Well, we're talking about Artie. Again, there's, there's like pro bands, kind of hazing punk bands. And then there's just... Artie hazes anyone. He Artie, doesn't even give a shit if they're more pro than him. Sons of Abraham goes on tour for two weeks in a fucking station wagon with, with no AC. I lived in a fucking trunk. 
literally for fucking two and a half weeks. You did. You get back this is why you have two swimming pools now. Yeah. You paid your dues, man. We get back and we have a show with Coney on. It's like, yo, we're on. The shit's great. We're all psyched to fucking play. Oh, yeah. Was that the show? Yeah. Artie, I want to say, was oh, probably yeah. the fucking ringleader. You played it. The balloons? Is this the balloons? balloons? Silly string. Yeah. Oh, there was oh, Jewish oh, jokes. People were yelling jokes against Jewish people. I think, the well, I think there was one balloon that somebody was put offensive. a swat sticker on. It was probably Skirty or Kern. It definitely wasn't. You guys wound up in a big fucking beef with Ben Knight about Yo, Ben Knight did it too. That was These some, are amazing. That was some <laughs> shit where it's like, it went past joke and you're like, it kind of sucked. It wasn't that cool. So I throw that on, on the dick list. Yeah, we got spray, you got sprayed as Jews. Confetti. I mean, you kind of got sprayed. I know, I'm saying, I don't mean to be funny. You got sprayed as Jews. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like, it felt like. Okay, 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 okay. Artie's, Artie, I don't know if anybody, I doubt anybody here has seen the uh, the Wreckage VHS from 1995. <laughs> I mean, but Artie, during, during God Hates Me, which would be the most dramatic part of the set, where everybody's going crazy, that's when Artie came in with the silly string. And it's in the video, and it was yeah. Thanks, dude. The eternal asshole. Thank you. I always your poor noise I think, story because he sucks. We, we played right then, and everything was okay once you and I both got on stage together in our, in our other band that we we have together. Uh, I think already played also. I just want to put that out there. I think that was the first time we played with you. I think it was that day. Yeah, yeah, no, we we headlined the yeah the show. I yeah. thought. Okay, I, I just want to put that. Yeah, it was the first time we were cool enough to open for Artie. I, I think Law of Inertia did a. Uh, it was in in the uh, fanzine did. Yo. Who the fuck did that? I haven't heard that fanzine name in 35 God. years. I remember coming across the Yeah, it was, uh, of a it was like CMJ, our new music oh, seminar. Right. What these names? Uh, it's yeah. like hearing all these names. It's and like then names I, like and Skirty after, and... And, and, then after the show, and then after the show, I jumped <laughs> caravan with my caravan on St. Mark Street. They gave him a, a fucking a battery boost that night. He's French. He's it all back. <laughs> Apparently he hates you now, so don't worry about it. Oh, hey, well, Rick Talife doesn't like Jewish guys even more than Artie, evidently, now. Well, he's white power now, haven't you heard? <laughs> somebody said something this recently. This podcast has gone all sorts no, of south. No, somebody said something recently about somebody, DMS beat the fuck out of somebody, I don't know, that Rick's so bad that Rick is crazy, and that's yeah, why yeah, yeah. No, 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 he, they put him in the hospital. That's but what, he's so dumb that he, now he became racist because of that? I have no idea. I don't know. It ta- really takes you to a place of not being It's quite possibly the most entertaining Facebook uh, page in the world. I need Facebook just to even hear. I'm at the loop. According to Tom Corrigan, I'm going to call him, he'll get mad. I know, I believe Tom. He, he, but he showed me a video. He's on point. That 25 played acoustic in some guy's yes. backyard. Under a tent. With movie life. Yeah. Under a tent. And, the, and Tom's like, that guitarist. And he's like, oh, in a white power band or some shit. He has a white power oi band now? And the guitar he, player? Oh, well, Rick has one, and yeah. now he's affiliated with those guys. Who for- is White Power at this point? How Rick do you get away with that? And That's Rick and Trump supporters. <laughs> Rick and the President of the United States. I don't know. Someone yeah, gets away with it. I, I mean, maybe they should hook up. <laughs> some good I'm ideas. sure Rick is sent Rick him. at Mar-a-Lago with the illustrated edge neck tattoo and like the, the Swazis on his like eyelids or whatever. He's probably got Trump here, Beyond the Beyond. Okay, we've already given him way too much time. Um, <laughs> Portnoy. Next subject. Yeah, Portnoy. I wonder who the Portnoy is. We hate him. This guy, this guy was the biggest fucking prick who's ever played here, ever. Hands By out. far. I never say anything yeah. bad about anybody he who played plays here. played on a here. stage when that went down? It was a, and it was, it was a fucking, it was a tribute 
dispute, right? It was like, which no, so it's Medal of Allegiance, which is, uh, I don't know if you guys know Mark Mange, he lives, he's a Long Island guy. But uh, so he put together this thing, and it's they do they do they do do a bunch, do a bunch of covers, and they do originals too. But it's like Dave Ellison from Megadeth and the singer Death Angel, the singer Death Angel, um, and it's 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 pretty cool. It's fun, but they they played here one night, and yeah, he was a he. So Jay Newman was drum teching, was, was drum teching, and uh, and he was fucking throwing, like like dude didn't even show up for sound check. Jay had to put his set together through a picture on the internet. And then, like, as he was playing, he was complaining. And, like, he was, he was, uh, so Jay was standing on stage, and obviously you can't escape, you know, being seen doing stupid things on that stupid little stage. He fucking was throwing sticks at Jay. He's like, fucking, he put all his sticks through the skins. He fucking threw, he not, he, he he kicked took off our the drum, the drum wedge. He just fucking kicked over. He ripped the wire out. As soon as I saw that, I was like, he ripped the wire out, and then he kicked it over. I was just like, oh, you enjoy paying for that, dickhead. But like that guy is the biggest piece of fucking garbage. I was looking at Jay. He like, is a we have fucking to Long Island bro disguised as a prog rock drummer. So, I mean, he didn't impress me that much. So him and Dave Ellison got in a huge fight because they fucked up. Uh, they started playing Territory by uh, Sepultura. Sepultura, and they fucked it up. They stopped. Fucking Ellison started yelling at him to play another song. They started screaming at each other. It wound up backstage where they were screaming at each other, and there was so few people here. Because they didn't draw anybody. Fucking... When does anyone be like, nobody gives a fuck about any of you no, four morons? Well, no, Ellison was cool as shit. He was the coolest. Is the he hung out in front of the bodega. I do care about him. I do. He was the one of the MTV News. You hear it. Yeah, I like him. And he was beyond cool. Just saying. Yeah, Skolnick is God. He's, he's, I don't want to know. He's a prick. He's not. No, he's, he's great. Nice. So the no, it was just Portnoy. it was just Portnoy. The guy from Death Angel's fucking great. Oh, that guy's the nicest but, like, guy so too. I'll never, you you'll it was never ever Portnoy. ever hear me say anything bad about anybody who's ever played here except for Mike Portnoy. Period. End of story. We, I watched we him probably rip the told, wires out of the He's the only guy that gets mentioned on our podcast in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to. He didn't break it. Oh, that didn't break. How unfortunate that he didn't break it. Yeah. Oh, that's why he's. Although Valley Stream. Uh, oh, that's who. He's a pre- he's a, both of those things. Same shit. It's all white trash. Oh he was the worst God. dude that's ever walked through these doors by far. And I was looking at Jay going like this, like, do we have to beat this dude up? He's throwing drumsticks at my friend, cursing everybody out, the band. It was insane. Then he was destroying his own, he destroyed the snare drum, too. Yeah, yeah. Jay so, supplied no, so the then, snare then drum, it gets even and he worse. destroyed it. So it this even... fucking piece of shit goes on fucking blabbermouth, right? Does oh, some interview right. where he says, like, yeah, he was talking about playing smaller venues, and he's like, you know, like his whatever fucking stupid bands he's been in since with like fucking other ancient guys and fucking, you know, older than me, which awesome. is super ancient. Nothing good. Like, well, Billy Sheehan, he's pretty good. Yeah, but no, like of fucking, course, of course, something. But, but the bands are probably complete. They're, they're terrible. They're fucking, fucking shit. They probably get Glenn Hughes to fucking sing. Whatever. Anyway, the fucking, it's like they, they, they were like, I'm trying to now remember what he said. Uh, Oh, he was like, yeah, you know, with some of the bands like Adrenaline Mob and Metal Allegiance, we played some smaller places. Like with Metal Allegiance, we played, we particularly played one place that like I really don't think we should have ever been booked into and like shit like that. I was like, did he name St. Vitus? No, he didn't. No? Oh, he's lucky he didn't. Oh. Please. And, but like fucking, oh. like, I was just like, are you fucking kidding? Well, I had the same thing with uh, Zach Sabbath when they played here and their tour manager and their security guy was like, why are we playing here? Yeah, and it's like, and Zach's great, and Blasco's great. Like, everybody's fucking cool. They're, you know, it was like, really, the first thing you're going to say when you walk in is, why are we booked here? Oui. That I've, I've heard that before. Like, you know, your guys, you said that when you walked in, Beck, right? Yeah, 
You're like, yeah, why, was like why the here? fuck am I here at Artie's place? This is fucking... And I was like, don't give him to him. He'll throw it on the hot light. Yeah. He'll throw that cheese right he's on gonna, the hot light. He's going to make pastrami and melted cheese on the hot light. I thought that was punk to do that. Yeah, the, the basement doesn't go that far back. Sorry, buddy. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh that shouldn't cost too Listen, much. Listen, Beck, let's talk. Uh, you can make it happen. I know if anybody can make it happen, it's you. $17 million to get me to the back fucking of that. Yeah, I mean, if that makes it easier for, you know, Dave Mustaine to escape, that's fine. That's part and of even the, he was cool. As long as it's easier for Beck, Dave Ellison to get to his wife's You know how many kids were thrilled you know? to pat you on the back as you walked on stage? Come on. I think Daryl hugged everybody in the crowd. Ellison hung out. Yeah, Dave Ellison rules. I love this. I love hearing Dave Ellison just hung in a bodega. He's hung in front of the bodega the, the whole time. Awesome. He was so nice. He's yeah. Yeah. with Death Angel was. And then why is Portnoy? He loves Jesus a lot. Oh. But I mean, you know, maybe he was just trying to recruit people. Oh. Alternative motive. He should have went to that spot over there. Where everyone's been out of jail for eight hours. You could recruit <laughs> in this area if you need to. Oh, yeah, totally. This is a recruitable spot. All right, well, we've, I think we've covered everything at this point. Oh, wait, what happened with Portnoy that had to do with Glassjaw? Didn't something connect us to him? Oh, yeah, Hey, what Billy. was your Glassjaw? Oh, yeah, Billy. Yeah, our, dr our drummer on the record, Billy. Billy Reimer of uh, the story? Dillinger Escape Plan? Yeah, Bill from Dillinger. Uh, and Billy destroyed the jerk that you're talking about. Not that I, was, <laughs> not that I even like him, but... Our guitar player Justin is a fucking smashing drummer. He will smoke you, Portnoy. I'll smoke <laughs> Jeff Portnoy from fucking uh, Tropic Thunder. He will smoke you, Jeff Portnoy. Billy's <laughs> <laughs> supernatural. Yeah, Billy's not human. Billy was born with this. He has like the worst fucking. Yeah. So wait, 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 I mean, I, mean, I hope so. I'll send him the link. He should know that a fucking 10-year-old boy named Billy from fucking Long Island smashed, <laughs> <-year -old> him, <laughs> smashed, smashed him off the fucking stage like it was at the Acropolis. I toured, I toured with Dillinger twice last year, and I mean, it was like... Yeah, Billy's sickening. I it's can't hard. even fucking watch the kid play. It's ridiculous. They should just pay bands to go on the road with them to hang out and not have to embarrass themselves. And like, <laughs> yes. play before or after Billy in any capacity. Oh, you gotta play after that, dude? Nah, Mike, yeah, Mike Portnoy. 
Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like fucking old. He's playing like literally, it's like oldies at that point, comparing, playing against Billy. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, for people who don't know, Billy Reimer got his job uh, with Dillinger from a YouTube video. Because they, that's how they recruited them. Yeah, well, they they put out a thing like to send them YouTube videos of people playing their songs. Okay. And I guess who's a drummer? And my buddy guy was a drum teacher. Yeah, Chris Penny. And my buddy was a drum teacher too, and helped he helped them get that. Like Billy was just supposed to have that fucking. Game yeah, song. yeah. He and he was just a fan who like fucking. Would, I mean, I I've rarely seen it. I mean, he's going to go on to have a great career. I he really, obviously will. I think you know. Bill's moving to California. I don't know if I'm supposed to say yeah. it or not. Move to LA, is, Billy, and then Billy will have a lot of money. Not, he will but, be he will be the Portnoy. He'll be the dude from Tool with the Ill House. He'll just be playing yeah. on motherfuckers' records. Definitely, Fuck yeah. he deserves it. Billy Fuck is yeah. phenomenal. You did an okay job on your record. It's all right. Did all right. I, I think, think literally played on it. The whole fucking. <laughs> I think we did the whole thing. We literally tracked. He did the whole record, probably every song in one take in like eight hours. I think you know what I that's think you guys should do right now. Yeah, I think we should set up the gear. You play guitar and sing. Baldwin plays bass. Yes. Beck so yeah, plays drums. Not even Baldwin on guitar. You just pick up a bass. Yo, me, you, and Baldwin. Let's do a bunch of Glacier tunes and record them right now, live on stage. Right now. Yes, all the, all these tunes. We have to play the set we played when we opened for Mind Over Matter at that particular particular anti-Semitic show in question that we were part of. To celebrate anti-Semitism. I me Justin yell it too, but we never seem to learn it. We love that one. That's a good coffee place. I guarantee you, nobody that works here is trying to go get coffee there all day long. You don't go there. You don't. Go I there. I don't because it's too strong. It kind of makes me crazy. But um, diarrhea makes you shit. Diarrhea What Chinatown? Is that what you're trying to say on the last night before your pilgrimage? Where are you going? Mike, where's that Asian spot? No, I didn't mean a real pilgrimage. Uh, uh, so so yeah no actually the the coffee place across the street we we uh, we. We get like a gift certificate for our employees because they drink so much of it. So, you know, oh, okay. but that shouldn't make you shit like nobody's business. Like oh, real quick. Very real. Yeah. Just say no. Yeah, it does, and uh, un- says no. and I prefer to shit in my bathroom yet. in my house rather than shit here. So. No, no, that can't happen. Oh my god, no way. No, we do it all the time. He's sitting on stickers, <laughs> just you know, piss covered, his soaked stickers on a, on the lip of a toilet. This is high tech, man. They have a door. It's not CBs. You can yeah, sit here. Yeah, I used to love going downstairs and watching dudes shit like in between hardcore bands. Oh, I had I, oh, doors open. Oh, I had a jar couple from American Nightmare. Would you shit? shit? Jar would you shit? No, no, no. With no seat. Yeah. It was the throne with no seat. Right? With no yeah. seat. Yeah. You no just seat sit, and no door. And there's just like nine people with their arms crossed waiting. To Smoking a blunt or yeah. t- waiting the piss. Hey, can you hurry up? And he's just yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of diarrhea explosions in that base. In that basement, oh, it was terrible. God. I but it I was, got laid in the girls' room, but I never. Oh, like, Jesus Christ, Ron! It always is every time. Oh well, shit in the girls' room. I'm sorry. Yeah, what was no, I supposed to do? Cousin fucker, fucking shit. You fuck somebody in the CB's girls' bathroom twice. You fucked your cousin twice. In the no, my cousin. Same wouldn't, girl. My cousin didn't show up. I fucked some other girl. Um, I fucked two different girls at CB's. I got blown there and. Um, but it was in the girls' room, so it was privacy. The door was there. I didn't care. Ah. What, what I'm asking you is: it the same girl you fucked twice, or two different girls? Two different girls. Do we, and a blowjob from a third. I know. Third you could take, you could catch something if you take your penis out in that room. It was raw. Actually, the girl was blowing me, and total chaos was playing. And the guy walked in, 
And he During saw me set? getting my dick sucked. He's opened the door and he's like, yeah, I got, he's like, oh, dude, <laughs> that is total chaos. I got to go finish my set. <laughs> he's like, oh, dude, I'm really sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. Just be sorry your band blows and shut the door. And he put his head down and he shut the door and he walked away. Yeah, we're not that great. It kind of humiliated him. And my girlfriend didn't even know what happened. She put her head up. I'm like, what's the matter? I'm like, nah, it's cool. Keep going. You're like, nah, it was somebody from SSD control needed to take a, take a shit. <laughs> Springer had to take a shit. No, it was uh, one of the guys who told Cass. Who was like 6'5". Uh, somebody five. from SSD control needed to take a pumpkin. <laughs> you have a good bathroom. It's not stickers, but... I, yeah, my first door okay. when I came in, it was like, you can get fucking laid in here. It's got like the bar. It's got the bar for the handicap, but you can bend one? them over. Yeah, the you ever one, have yeah. sex in your own clean bathroom? Never. Never in a million No, that's boring. Yeah, obviously. I mean... If I landed there, I guess, but it's not my top hundred. There's no amputees in that bathroom. You can only we can only get I mean, you know, what is going on right now? You don't think about these things. You're married. I don't think. You're married. You're married. You were single once. You didn't think about these things on tour. You weren't like these are spots. No, because the amount of effort involved in all of it is just. Yeah, if you push, if we put the needles. Yeah, right wherever the diabetics put their needles. If you just push that to the left. Then, then you're straight. And if it's filled, For the record, I never got any ass at ABC No Rio. Too sexually repressed, and it was too small. I mean, what? That really? looks like a dusty construction but I watched, site. Yo, yeah. I watched two 15-year-olds. No this is cool. I watched two 15-year-olds, and I'm like 38 at this point. Two 15-year-olds are banging at ABC in the daylight in the back, and I'm with this other dude, this old skinny guy. I'm like, he's like... This you're is the fun. only punk like, guy I know who has sex. About. He's like... Like, what? So, there's, like, there's like three girls there, and somehow you managed to convince one of them to fuck you well, in the bathroom. Well, this is CBs. It was CBs? a little better. It was a little better. But there's what? an ABC. We watched two 15-year-olds banging, and the, I'm one of the other guys like in his late 30s, and he's like, is this weird? Like, uh, is this illegal to watch? Yes! Like, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't think we... These are like war. These are war stories. This I'm is like, like World dude, War II. I'm like, I'm not going to break it up, but I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. And my moral code is I fucked. might not jump in, but I'm... But I'm not exactly gonna stop these two six-year-olds from fucking. In the but he back looks at me he, with a serious tone. He's like, "Yo, but we were 15 once." I'm like, "Yeah, but we don't gotta watch the shit. Just turn oh, away, dude." Oh, we were 15 once. You're like, yeah. And then we went to get but rice Ted and beans. Leo's like, down playing. block for 350. Nah, 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 nah. All right, I was asking Bob when I was asking. You still have any of the video of uh, any of the sword fight action with uh, with Daryl? <laughs> oh, I, I uh, look in my mom's VHS bin in the basement and go through it. Uh, I'm I love sure. How, oh, and what's that tape? Our penis. What is that tape labeled? Mom's VHS. The dick fight. What, is there a label on that tape? What's Sword it called? Fight 98. Sword <laughs> Fight 98. Sounds like Sword a pay-per-view. Is that on Pornhub? It could very well Sword might end. If you remind him of it, it might end up in it in like the next week. Yeah, put that out. Wow. Rare unreleased early Glassjaw footage. And on that note, thank you, everybody. Glassjaw video wrap. Hey. Thanks, man. Uh, this probably won't be the intro for Dan Loker, but no, that's it cool. Can't be. No, yeah. Yo, that is so brilliant. If you make the whole episode, you start it as the intro, and, we don't and it ends, in. and it ends, and you're like, and that was the Dan Loker. That was the intro of the Dan Loker episode. Ten seconds and of March of the SOD. Yeah, yeah. It just it fades out with Dan. And then, Dan, and then it's gonna be Dan. And then, then, then the next day, I'll put up Dan's interview to be like, uh, as I really like the second Bruno Spears record more than the first one. He was like a Beavis. Was like. DIY oh, but he's a, yo, he's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, that's some clickbait right there. Thank you, Justin Beck. Always thinking.